Welcome to episode 245 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we don't have a guest because it's the best of 2019. It's year-end extravaganza. That's a good way to put it. We're going to be talking a lot. You're, this is about to get pretty wordy. Yeah. But, but but it's it's not going to be boring. That's right. Yeah, we're not trying to dissuade you. I assume if you listen to a podcast, you don't mind people talking. So Right. But yeah, 2019 has had a lot of great music. And we're going to talk about our top 19 albums and a few other things as well. But before we get into all that, as always, we need to let you know that we are sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located... In Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51, about a quarter mile past Anita Road. Right there off the highway. Can't miss them. Get in there. They've got a huge selection. They have a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. They're running specials all the time. So if you follow them on their social medias or their website, you can find out about their daily specials. On Facebook, it's Med Farm. That's P-H-A-R-M. On Instagram, it's MedFarmOK, and the website is MedFarmOK.com. And one of the specials is, if you tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground, just mention our name, they will give you 10% off your order, which is a great deal. And on top of all that, their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause. Did I say that right? I was like, Cannabis with a It's okay. Cannabis with a Cause. Yeah. I almost got tongue-tied there for a second. It's all right. It's it's your love for cannabis. (laughs) That's right. And that's their slogan because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters, which is a great thing. They've already got land in the building. They're working on getting that set up for the first one. So we'll let you know when all that happens and excited that that's happening as well. So a huge thank you to MedFarm. Get in there, support them, and tell them that we sent you. DEB Concerts. Located here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a promoter that keeps bringing in great, great music to downtown Tulsa at the Ideal Ballroom. This year alone, we've had Saxon, Sebastian Bach, or that was late last year, but close enough. We've had Last in Line, (laughs) Vixen, The Iron Maidens, L.A. Guns, you know, in previous years, well, just late last year was Kicks, Junkyard, Dockin', Tom Kiefer, Bisto Blanco, Steelheart, Striper. Way back when they brought in Winger here two or three years ago. That was a great show. I think that was, I actually saw Doug Post recently. That was their first show that he just went out on his own after the Streets Gone Wild thing where he came in and helped with that. Okay. So. And they got a fucking badass one coming up. Yes. February 22nd, 2020. So look at that, 2.22.2020. There you go. A bunch of twos, and I don't know where I can parlay that into anything. With bunch. Their second album is fucking amazing. How about it, that? It, well, it is. <laughs> it's their best one. Yes, I would say that. Even though Keith Nelson does not agree, it is their greatest album. The first first two are perfect. Well, I don't know. We can get into that another time. Yeah, that's that's a whole other <laughs> podcast when it comes to me and you. Do we even say the name Buck Cherry? Because we're fucking, yeah, we're nerds <laughs> about Buck Cherry, so. <laughs> right. A little too much at times mm-hmm. in recent times, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Yep. Buck Cherry is coming to the Ideal Ballroom with Fist of Rage and Grind opening up. Are you going to be there? I believe I will. Oh, I'm definitely going to be there. Yes. We will be there as I'm sure many of you will be there as well. 
if you contact Fist of Rage or Grind to get your tickets, I believe you save 10 bucks. That's what I think I saw CJ post, which is a lot. Hell of a deal. Yeah, because a lot of times when you're saving service fees, it's like 3 bucks, maybe 5 at the most. But if you're saving 10 bucks a ticket, why would you not contact Grind or Fist of Rage? Exactly. So get on Facebook and hit one of them up. They will meet you in the Tulsa area, or they will send you the tickets if you're coming from out of town. Tell them we sent you as well. And you want to get out there and see both those bands because they're both great. They've both been on this podcast many times, each of them separately, and even together, actually. CJ and Paulette from Fist of Rage was on here together at one point. Of course. So yes, Eddie Trunk will be hosting that show as always, and we're really looking forward to it. And as well, coming up before that, you'll have the announcement for Rocklahoma 2020, which will feature the D&B processing stage. And that's out there, that is a stage that is booked by DEB Concerts. This is the second year that they're booking the stage. Last year they had Ace Freely, Lita Ford, Slaughter, Bisto Blanco, and a host of other regional and local acts. This year I'm sure will be no different, and as soon as that all gets announced, you'll hear about it here pretty quickly, I'm sure. So yes, we'll be bringing that to you, and once again, thank you to DEB Concerts. Is there anything else you need to talk about before the Best of 19 commences? I think we're good. All right, so 2019 was... uh, I believe it was another good year for, for rock and metal, based it, off of looking at this list. It definitely was. We, you know, we. I remember last year, we were like, holy shit, this is, 2018 is going to be insane. And it was. And it was, didn't know if it could be topped. 2019 came damn close. Right. Just as bombastic, I think. I mean, we've done this now for... This will be the fifth one, I guess, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We started, our first year-end was 2015. Like, we had actually done year-end things on Facebook for yeah. two or three years prior to that as well, but we didn't start the podcast until 2015. And I feel like it gives me a greater sense of, like, how great, I mean, I've always thought, you know, there was periods, like, in the early 2000s where I know there was great albums, but then I always felt like there's not more than, like, 10 great albums this year. But doing this really reminds me like every year like i think this year was a little easy like this year Mm -hmm. was a little easier to make my list even though we got an extra spot than we have the last few years but it's like i feel like some years i'm always struggling that there's like five or six more albums i wished i could have put on that list yeah but maybe it's because 2015 now there's four more albums than there was that year on our list maybe that's why that's not hard true i mean for me and you know when it gets as as long as it, it it's gotten in the last year or two with, you know, 18, 19 entries. For me, it was, as it usually is, just to get my top five super solid and super ordered how I wanted to, just my top five or six, let's say, that was really hard. Yeah. And the rest of it kind of fell in, you know, pretty easy. But, you know, those first few is always the toughest, you know. Uh, it seems like you got one that you know you want to be number one, <clears throat> and then where does everything else go? That's the challenge, right? And 
we've, I guess I could talk about this later, but we've always seemed in the five years we've, five episodes we've been doing these year and things that are number one, I think has been the same almost every single year outside of maybe one. Yeah. I yeah. should have looked back on that, but the one and two is always pretty close to the same. Yeah. Isn't that funny how it's just like, once you hear it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then it's like, I know that it's probably going to be yours too or vice versa. Right. It, which is really, I mean, if you want to get super broad about it, it's no surprise we do our own podcast. Right. <laughs> and that we, we are into what we're into. Yeah. But I was just, I'm going to run through real quick. I've got this long list that I made and just kind of scan, I mean, just name a few that like, there were good albums that, you know, we talked about this year that didn't make our list, like mm. Stevie D featuring Corey Glover. Yeah. Fantastic. And you've got Hysteria. We talked about recently we played their music. Oh, man. That's so good. Then you've got Airborne, which I'm surprised didn't make either of our lists, but it's kind of, it was a good album, but it's like, it's one of those things where I think, I'm going to say this about another band here in a minute, I think, where it's just kind of gotten a little monotonous. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing, because Airborne's always compared to ACDC. Yeah. And they're the kings of that. But, I don't know. Maybe that's just why it didn't excite me as much as it should have. I don't know. Then you've got new ones from Ginger, Bad Wolves. Michael Sweet was great. We talked about that on YouTube. Yeah. The Ferryman was great. Lacuna Coil was better than I thought they had been in recent albums. Dragon Force, Still Panther. We talked about that one on YouTube. Blacktop Mojo was cool. Tool, you know, is worth a listen if you're not a fan. I mean, it's just, we both talked about that. I mean, it. Uh, I'm not a fan, and it struck me. You know, it was yeah, worth, true. Worth one or two listens, and then I kind of that's it. You know, <laughs> He Is Legend was really cool. We've had Skylar on a podcast before. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown Sabaton. I'm kind of surprised didn't make either of our lists. Shock narcotic. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. And that was that was that was in the running for me. Yeah. Uh, that probably would have been twenty or twenty one had it gone that way. Right. We got Sonata Artica, which I know you mentioned earlier this year that you like that. I did as well. Sacred Reich, we just talked about recently. Yeah. Bisto Blanco's album was really cool. We had Chuck Garrick on here earlier this year. Upon a Burning Bodies album was cool. Baroness, of course. Soto. They're always great. Diamond Head was really good. That was a good one, yeah. And that was, I like that a lot. And I remember you talking about that. I kind of figured that might end up on your list, but it didn't. A Peril Horse Named Death, I really dug that one. And I kind of thought earlier in the year it might make my list, but just stuff kept coming out that pushed that off. And let me see who else we got. Devin Townsend is, of course, great. Buck Cherry, we just mentioned in the intro, their new album. Arch Enemy, Corroded, Dust Bolt. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was uh, one that kind of caught me. You're right. Yeah. Bad Religion, of course, was cool. Dream Theater was great. We talked about that on YouTube as well. Did a full review on that one. Let me see. Slipknot, we both mentioned recently that we both like that, but just kind of like with all this other stuff, it just falls off. KXM was one of the ones for me that was pretty close. Um. Silver Tomb was great. We just had Kenny Hickey on the podcast. Right. Phil Campbell, that album was fantastic. And I really. That I was, thought that would be on yours. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was one of the 
three or four that I really wished I could have got on there, but along with Tom Kiefer was another one of those. Oh, yeah, again, another. Yeah. Well, you really must hate Tom Kiefer. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm like, if you don't want to get back to Cinderella, I'm not going to support just, you. Just kidding. No. Just kidding. We don't hate Tom Kiefer at all. I freaking love the guy. I'm on a Marth. I'm surprised didn't get into my list. Tear is another one I'm surprised didn't get onto either one of our lists. Yeah. But I think I kind of let that one... I listened to it, but I didn't go back to it the way I had in the past with that band. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I, I know I talk about it every year when we do this shit. There's so much. There's so much, and it, it's almost like if something doesn't make it, it just it, it just fell through the cracks. Or, right. You know, I got, I got preoccupied and moved on to something else. And, you know, I mean, it's just... It, there's no lack of of new music out there to find. Right. Candle Mass is great. Um, our buddy Jason Carroll will probably be upset that wasn't on our list. And Queensryche is one that I thought, because when that came out, we both talked about how much we liked that. And, and I think we even made mention back when we talked about it that that would probably be on our best of 2019. And here we are, and it's not... We suck. <laughs> it's a great album, though. If you if you have not checked out the recent Queensryche albums with Todd Latore on vocals, you need to do that. Uh, definitely. Yeah. And then Kill Switch and Gage is kind of another one that we both dug. That that, that was we, on my my first. Yeah, I remember seeing you sent me <clears> the preliminary yeah. list. Then we had you know Duff McKagan. But I don't know if that really falls in. That's not really exactly. hard rock, so. you know. And we're gonna get into that, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a few others, but those are the the highlights of stuff that came out that didn't make the list. But I did want to mention, um, is there anything that you, that I just mentioned or didn't mention that you knew was going to come out in 2020 and then you're surprised that it didn't hit you enough to put on your list? You mean 2019? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, No, why you ask me that? Now I got to think, man. I mean, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, say you knew Killswitch had an album coming out mm-hmm. or Queen Drake or whoever, and you would have thought, well, that's no, definitely going to make my list. But. I think we covered it. Um, uh, I, I, I <clears throat> you know, it, it's, take, for instance, the Sacred Reich record, which I thought was really great. And, and it makes me just feel like an idiot for not really getting on that train years ago. Yeah. So it's such a new thing to me, and I thought that was a great record, but I just felt like I need to give that whole band more of a chance before I start, you know, going on and on about them like I've listened to him forever. So, I mean, that's, that, and, and I don't know, there's a couple other things like that, but no, I think for, for the most part, you covered it all. Um, I never have known how to say that band's name right, that Jason Carroll freaking loves. You know, L L U V T or Vita. Oh, I've never, yeah, I don't I've know. never because I've never said it out loud. And you, and you don't want to, you yeah. don't want to fuck it up. So, and I listened to that album when it came out, but it didn't. Kind of, it's just another one that I didn't go back to. But I've always liked them, and mm-hmm. you know, we. I think you probably turned them on to me like 15 years ago. Yeah, I remember. And, yeah, and that's kind of another one that. But for me, there's specific. The fact that there is an album, Tom Kiefer, we just mentioned from Tom Kiefer from Volbeat and from Tesla that came out in 2019 and then none of them made my list. It's kind of weird to me. It is. Does that mean I'm moving on? No, it doesn't. Well, (laughs) I mean, the Tesla thing is that they kind of 
did a left turn. Yeah. So I, I get that for you, but that doesn't mean you hate him. No, I mean, Tesla's you'll, you'll still... You'll go see them again, as yeah. will I. They're still one of my favorite bands. I think I like the record a little better than you did. No, see, I, I was thinking but, about this recently, and I really like the album. I mean, there's... I don't like it as much as a lot of their albums, but I don't like it as much as Simplicity, which came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I really like it, and I mean, I really think if I was being non-judgmental and just looking at this from like some kind of what do you think is good or what do you think is not good? It probably would have been on my list, but I still keep looking at it in that judgmental way of like, this sounds like Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one song. It's like Phil Collin produced this and co-wrote a bunch of this. Yeah. And 90% of these songs sound like Def Leppard. Yeah. So that just, I couldn't get past it. And I'm sure maybe years down the road, I might, like it as much as other stuff because I do like it and there's songs on there like the mission that are, are just freaking great but hey I got it on vinyl oh did you yeah didn't I tell you that I when it came so. out I got it yeah oh anyways I don't know we're getting off the anyways. and Volbeat's another one like there's never been a Volbeat album that I wouldn't have put on my top list yeah and then well I say that but anyway the new one replay rewind re- whatever a bunch of read things in the title whatever it's called I just there's a few songs on it I like. There's actually several songs on it I like, but as a complete album, it didn't hit me the way most Volbeat albums have. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Let It Burn was as great as anything they ever did. Yeah, um, you that's know, true. That's the one with Neil Fallon on it. But at the same time, overall albums, they've got stronger ones, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, and that's where you... That's where you make your cut and you make your decision and yeah, whatnot and whatever. And then <clears throat> I know we've got a couple of things to mention that are like non-hard rock, but yeah, or metal. But two albums I want to mention that I didn't expect would make my list at all, and they didn't. But I'm surprised at how much I love them. Which is the new In Flames album yeah. and the new Hell Yeah album. Really. And Hell yeah, I liked it, almost liked it enough to where when after it had come out, I think I'm going to put this on my list just because I'm shocked at myself and how much I like this. And But it's just like when you weigh it against the 19 albums I did put on my list, it's not there. But there's two or three songs in this album. I mean, my Spotify wrapped thing, the three of my top five or two of my top five songs were from that album Yeah, that I listened to the most in 2019. <laughs> and I mean... It's I I think after it came out I talked about it shortly and said that I think it's their best album since their debut. Yeah. And now I think it's just their best album, hands down. And I wish that this was it and they would just quit. Yeah. Because, you know, just like, okay, we made this fucking great album, let's just fucking quit. Because <laughs> yeah. the next album is not gonna be this good. <laughs> and then uh In Flames was kind of one of those bands we've talked about a ton of times on this podcast about how we both like rabidly loved. And then we both just went off yeah. the deep end from it from when they went off the deep end yeah. of just like being real radio friendly or whatever you want to call it. Yep. And then this album still has two or three of those songs, a few of those songs on there, but it's got half the album is reminiscent of old school in flames. At least, I mean, not like real old school, but it's still at least, you know, the, uh, reroute to remain come clarity era kind of, you know, so it's, it's they they've shifted back a little, and I hope they continue that trend. Yeah, maybe they'll go back the other way now, and, and like in five years they'll be good again. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's all. 
relative. I don't know. Right. You know, my good and your good is different. <laughs> right. Mine usually being better, but whatever. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> we both really love the Sons of Texas resurgence EP. Yes. Uh, I think that was... EPs don't make the list. Yeah, That's EPs why we don't make our list. Sons of Texas has been on our number one and I think our number two on their two yeah, albums. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, 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 they continue to just kick ass. Um, I think a lot of people are falling asleep on this band and I think that's horse shit because this band is just fucking great and they just keep, they keep putting out quality shit. I think, uh, I hope that, you know, they just run the course. Maybe something will happen, you know, like Alter Bridge, how we talked about way back. I think you even mentioned it. You thought that this band wasn't going to last. Because it's like people aren't catching on after that first couple albums. Yeah. And you just, you know, thought it might just kind of fade away because of that, because it wasn't getting success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe Sons of Texas the same way. They've had success on a small level, but to get that next jump, you know, maybe if they just keep putting it out, it'll eventually happen the same way it has with Alter Bridge. Yeah, if they just keep working, you know. And they've got it. I mean, it's those guys have the ethic. They're out there touring all the time. Yeah. Cream rises to the top, and these guys are cream yeah. for sure. Yeah, whether it be the first two albums in this EP or whether it be live, it's all oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's insane. And like you said, I mean, the EP only has three songs, but they're all three great. But what are three songs, man? <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yeah, so check that one out if you didn't know about it. Prong also put out an EP. It only has two songs that are new. Live stuff. And then like three three or four live songs. And the same thing. Both the songs are excellent. Prong has put out, I think over the past seven years, they put out five albums. Four of them were original material and one of them was a covers album. But all all of those were not even subpar at any means. Like all four albums were. Yeah, they're all just impeccable. Yeah. And this random two new songs is just the same. Oh, yeah. Definitely. We've had him on the Tommy Victor on the show. So That's right. Look that up. Yeah, last year or no, actually two years ago now. But is there any other EPs besides those two? I don't. I don't think so. I. I God damn! It seems like maybe there should be, but I can't remember. So the Normandies. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. We, you know, I don't know if I even need to make that statement. We've, you know, there's been several times in the past five years that we're like. There was an album from Tulsa that we wanted to put on a list. Like, we think this is great enough, but it's like, we don't want to, we want to keep that separate in a way. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't want to like play favorites exactly. in this area yeah. or anything, but you know what I mean? Check out that Normandy ZP if you <laughs> have not. So kind of on the front of like, normally we always have a few albums of non-rock. Yes. And I didn't really put too much thought into this because I can't, I'm sure there's something, but I can't think of anything this year, like in the past years that I really jumped on that wasn't rock or hard rock or metal outside of, you know, I mean, something that came out this year. Like I listened to a lot of country and stuff, but mm-hmm. Royal Republic's new album yeah. is great. But, and that would have made my list if it, but it's just, I don't think, think you could classify them as hard rock. It'd just be rock and roll. Yeah. Cause, but there's a lot of, you know, like see, dance she, elements almost that, at times. It's well, like, okay, I get, I don't know. It's kind of like what you got an album you want to talk about, but it's kind yeah. of in the same sense as like it's rock, but it's because a couple of albums in the top five of our thing we're going to talk about here in a minute are borderline not hard rock, yeah. I think, but in a different way, like with Royal Republic, they've got more of that kind of funk, 
element, that dance element, that 80, there's even got 80s new wave sounds at times. I get that. And it's just like this conglomeration, and they're just another fantastic Swedish band, like half the bands I just mentioned in that mm-hmm. list a minute ago are. So if you're not familiar with the Royal Public, check them out. They've been on this podcast as well. Yes. And fine gentlemen, too. That's right. Very fine gentlemen. Very fine. Great dudes. Very humorous as well. Yes. Another one, I believe, is the Duff McKagan album. Mm-hmm. We both really dug that. And I agree with you. Um, produced by Shooter Jennings. It's just way mellow. It's way country. So where, where, where do you put it? What do you do? Yeah, it's like the guy's Duff McKagan. Every, the majority of everything he's ever done has been either punk or hard rock. Yeah. But this is decidedly not. So, But it's, it's not, fucking great. It's yes. amazing. So definitely, yeah. Give that one a shot if you had not. There's a. I kept forgetting to tell you. I'll tell you right here on the podcast. Okay. Have you seen that? I don't know why I didn't message this to you or Jason Carroll, but did you see that video where Henry Rollins interviews him? Oh, I've seen it. Okay. Like I've seen the the headline. But I did. I never did end up clicking on it. It was one of those things where. Uh, kind of the same. Oh, I need to tell you and Jason about it. And yeah. then I just keep going. I'll have to come back to that because I was at work or whatever. And I just forgot about it. So I'm glad you reminded me. I'm going to go look that up when I get home. Yeah, it's like maybe 15 minutes long. Yeah. And Henry Rollins and him are just talking in a studio. And he talks about Shooter Jennings and a lot of that stuff. I've so. got I've got to hear that. Yeah, it's great. And then I know you've got an album. Yeah, I've got a at couple. Least one. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. I'll start off with the Steel Woods. Uh, they put out an album called Old News this year. Uh, and, you know, they're doing shows with Clutch. They were at Rocklahoma. You know, I get it. But to me, it's a country rock thing, a southern thing. But to me, they're just way more country than just, you know, oh, a southern rock thing. They've just got, they're, they're steeped way more in old school country, you know, 70s. And I just, I love this record. Um, it's, it's so poignant and it's, I mean, it's just, it's really emotional and it, and it stirs you, but I just don't think it fit the hard rock metal thing. So right. that's why I left that out. And then the next record was Voyager by 311. And this was a little bit more like harder of a decision. Like, yeah, it's rock. 311's always been rock. I mean, you could even call at times you could call the early 311 stuff that they got famous off of hard rock. Yes. Or rap metal. I mean, at least a few of those songs, yeah. Yeah, but this one, while I love it, I think it's a great record. Um, 311 was, I think, number two or three in my Spotify rap this year. (laughs) I mean, I make no bones about how much I love this band, and it's not really a lot like anything else I listen to, but... I don't care. They just have always hit a nerve in me. And so there you go. And this record is great. It really was. But it just had a little bit too many pop elements or electronic elements on this specific record. Um, They just kind of went that direction this time around. And I just don't. And and I think I think at one point in our discussion, I think you kind of left it up to me. You kind of gave me a, a like, hey, dude, you know, if you want to do it. Well, yeah, because you were asking if I thought it was... Because I knew Steel Woods was like, no, right. that's just too country. But I'm like, because I, I admitted, I'm like, I listened to, you know, when I would see the new singles were out, like on my release radar thing on Spotify. 
And I listened to like two or three of the songs, but I never listened to the full album. Mm -hmm. And I remember those songs weren't that hard. They weren't really like yeah, full on rock. So that's why I said, "Hey, you you listen to the whole thing a bunch. You tell me." <laughs> and I just I couldn't I couldn't in in good conscience put it on a hard rock slash metal list. Yeah. So those are my two kind of omissions that were like our our kind of left of center category. Those are mine. So okay, there you go. Cool. Okay, so just getting into the uh, the subject at hand, which is the our top nineteen of twenty nineteen. One thing to uh, mention is that if you've never listened to this before, we don't sit down like, I don't know how fucking Loudwire does it or how, mm -hmm. you know, like a major publication would do their lists in the past, but, and sit there and just go yeah. back over this stuff together. We each just make yeah. our own list. We don't have time to fucking go over this shit and fight with it and <laughs> right. fucking nerd out and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, we bring some math into it. God damn it! Yeah, it would take it takes long enough. It as is as it is for the two of us because we're both geeks about it. Yeah, yeah. So just imagine the two of us sitting there trying to decide this out. So we just both make our top nineteen and then just weight the the numbers. Obviously, number one's worth nineteen points, and number nineteen's worth one point. And Put the two go. lists together, and there's always stuff that falls off of each of our lists. Because we obviously don't have the exact same 19 albums. But it's it's unfuckwithable. That's right. I mean, really, it, this is what it is, and that's how it added up. So we can neither yeah. of us can bitch or, right. or try to fight or change anything. So Yeah. And that's another reason why I dig it. Yeah. There's always a few ties in there, but I just do, you know, when we're waiting them together, it's like, if there's one that's on both our list, that obviously wins the tie. Or then if... The two albums are just on each of our lists separate. I just take whichever one was higher on one of our lists mm -hmm. and make that the the top one, that kind of thing. But out of the 19 albums, we have 27 albums accounted for. Okay. And we had 11 albums that both of us put on our list. And then we each had eight other albums that weren't on the other person's list. And in the past, we've had... We always have a few of those albums that didn't make both our lists and they'll fall off. And it seems like it doesn't seem like it's always exactly even like I might have three that fell off and you had two that fell off or I might, you might have four that fell off and I had three that fell off. Mm -hmm. But this year it like lined out perfect yeah, to where we both had four that fell off and four that stayed on. Okay. So we'll jump into the, Four albums that fell off are our official honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. And I don't know, do you want to go back and forth or just each of us do all four together? At a time? I'll just, what, you know. Like, do your number four and I'll do my number four. Okay. My number four honorable mention was Josta, The Lost Chapters, Volume 2. Jamie Josta, obviously from Hatebreed. Um, you know, he'll do, he'll every few years he'll do a solo record and kind of a fun deal with guests and this one was no different. He had Kirk Winstein on a song, Tommy Victor on a song, uh, Matt Heafy, you know, and on and on and on. And it just makes for some great songs, some great moments. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So that was, that was, yeah, one of our honorable mentions. Yeah. I love that album as, as well. And I remember you even mentioned you were holding out on your list till you heard that. Yes. And I think... I kind of did the same thing, but it didn't grab me enough quickly enough. Because it didn't come out till December yeah. 13th. So. Right. 
So if this had came out earlier in the year, it might have grabbed me enough that it mm-hmm. might have made my list too. Yeah. I don't know. My number four was Backyard Babies, Silver and Gold. And this band is kind of, I mean, not really. I mean, they're decidedly hard rock, I think. Even though it's like a different type of hard rock. But I was going to say it's kind of like 311 with, well, with you. If this band's just always, that's not even a good relation. My band like that's Weezer, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, I get that. And I can't fucking say Weezer, so. (laughs) But anyway. It doesn't matter, but whatever, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Backyard Babies are another Swedish band. He's fantastic. They've been around for quite a long time, and we had the honor of actually seeing them live one time. Yes. When they opened open for Social Distortion. Along with the Street Dogs, right? Was that yes, the same show? I think. Uh, or is that man, two different shows? Might have been two different ones. I can't fucking remember. But yes, we were, Regardless, in, the, yeah. we were in the same room as Dragon, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not many in America can say that. Right. And just, and I mean, those early yeah. albums are so fucking great. And everything since has been great. But this is, I even like the last one, and I think I had it on my list like two or three years ago when it came out. But this one really just got me a little more like every song it was just all killer no filler like i assume most anything that made our list is yeah but you know songs like shoving rocks and ragged flag and 44 undead you know this this spans the gamut of like that kind of mid-tempo kind of you know snarly brooding thing he does and then also the just flat out punk glam kind of mixture yeah. It's like, you you know, they open for Social Distortion, and I've always said they're like the perfect blend of Social Distortion and Hanoi Rocks. Yeah. So, if you like either of those bands, I would say give this album a shot, because they haven't let up. So, there you go. What's your number three? Uh, my number three honorable mention was Overkill Wings of War. I mean, you know, Thrash Masters, Thrash Titans. Uh, this record is crystal clear. It sounds amazing. Um, it, it's just... Cuts through like a razor blade. Welcome to the Garden State. What a fucking song. Yeah. You know, Jason Bittner on drums. So, yeah. There you go. I like this album, and I kind of let that slip through the cracks for me. Like, I listened to it when it came out, mm-hmm. and kind of like with Tear, I just forgot to go back yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And then when I saw it on your list, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my number three was The End Machine. And this was a super group, which will probably be a one-off thing. I don't know. George Lynch has now the official supergroup master. Yes, he is. Because he has like 14 of them now in the past six or seven years. Yeah. KXM, I think, is the one that is the only one that's been putting out repeatedly repeatedly putting out albums. They're on their third one now. Um, But The End Machine also features Robert Mason on vocals. And as much, you know, as much as I love KXM and I wanted to find a way to put that on my list, because Doug Pinnock is one of the most underrated musicians in the world. Robert Mason is also highly underrated when it comes to vocals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Over the past 20 years, everything he's done and he's just, and this album is no different. George Lynch, even though he puts these albums out and they never tour off him or anything, it's still just, he's the master of this. It's like he puts together a group and they just make a perfect album. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you want to think, oh, they, what's that thing you say where it's like a struck lightning in a bottle or something. Is that right? Lightning in a bottle. Yeah, that's the phrase, yeah. 
you want to, I want to say that about this and with George Lynch, but it's not, it's like the guy is the lightning in a bottle because everything yeah. he does, every Lynch mob album is great. Like I said, KXM, he's got another album coming in 2020 called Dirty Shirley, in which the two songs they've released are already fucking great. Yeah. With um, him and who? Who's that now again? I, I forgot, the, I forgot the guy's name. Yeah. He's not it's like, somebody we know. Yeah. Is it? I thought I it was. So. I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was but like, anyways. well, but yeah, this album is just, Fantastic, heavy, bluesy. It's kind of like along the lines of a couple albums we're going to be talking about here in a bit with like, you know, I think my very next one, like Last in Line and stuff like that, where it's got that that old school rock sound, but it also sounds modern. It sounds bluesy. It sounds heavy. So there. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. The whole thing's great. So your number three. For me, my number three uh, honorable mention was Toxic Holocaust. Uh, the album's called Primal Future 2019. It's a thraster piece. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a new word I just made up. That is great. No, it's... Thraster piece. I mean, if you, if you love thrash metal, you're not going to hate this. Joel Grind uh, is a mastermind. He... He did everything in this record. Vocals, yeah, bass, guitar, drums. And it's just... It's insane. So it's like look that up. Not to get too deep off into this, since it's not one of our top nineteen. But it's like, do you do you like that idea? Because it's like he's excluding these two guys that have been there, but at the same time, like you said, well, he, he did, did the it first originally. Like originally, it was him doing that. Well, who knows? Maybe those guys jumped ship or something. I I, I need to I need to kind of dive into the toxic Holocaust story. Okay. Um, so who knows? Maybe it just happened that he had to do it that way, but I don't know. But it, it it's very impressive. Yeah. Those uh those two guys were on our top three last year, I think. Wasn't that the D. Snyder album was like number three? Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was the the Belmores. Yeah. And they're on they're on the Josta record. So, That's right. Yeah. So they're all over the place and they're kicking ass as well. My number two was aptly titled two. By Last In Line. There you go. Their second album. This band, you know, we've talked about in length. Obviously, we had Vivian Campbell on this podcast in the middle of the year. We saw them live here back in October. We've talked about them repeatedly other times. They're a band that started, you know, just playing Dio songs, and then they put out original music, and the original music stands on its own. There is nothing about this that just sounds like this band's rehashing Dio. Both these albums are fantastic. Andrew Freeman is another guy that's just along that same. He reminds me of Oni Logan. Mm-hmm. He can fall into that same line with, you know, like Robert Mason, these guys that their voice just fits perfectly to this kind of music. David Coverdale, that kind of thing. And this album's just full of freaking great songs. Landslide, Black Out the Sun, Year of the Gun, um, False Flag. The whole thing's fantastic, and I urge you to look this band up if you have not, and also look up our podcast from this summer with Vivian Campbell. Of course. That was a highlight of the year for me, I believe. Yeah. So my uh, my my last honorable mention uh, is Child Bite, uh, their album called Blow Off the Omens. Um, I really enjoyed this record. Uh, talk about, you know, they, they it, it's a little bit more direct. Don't worry, all the, the noise, art, and metal that you want from Child Bite is still there. But they just kind of trimmed some fat. And I thought that was really interesting and a uh, great record. Yeah, 
I can see that. I didn't even think about that. I, when I was listening to it, I was thinking that kind of it sounds more direct is a great word. And I, I loved it as well. But my number one was White Snake's new album, Flesh and Blood. And it's not a note for note cover of the Poison album from 1991 <laughs> or 90. It's their own album. Get that. The last two White Snake albums were named after a Poison album, and the one before that was named after a Tesla album. Good Lord. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a geek. But kind of like I just said with Last in Line and Ben Machine, it's just like that. It's a great record. Yeah, that great bluesy rock that David Coverdale has always been great at. Mm-hmm. But the thing that struck me about this album is their recent albums, or their recent original albums, or even they did the Purple album as well, where it was all the Deep Purple songs Yeah, that he was a part of, revisited, re-recorded. And then you had Forevermore, and then uh, I'm drawing a blank on the one Forevermore. All those, the one before Forevermore, they were very blues-based, like way early Whitesnake, late 70s, early 80s, which is great. I love all that stuff. But the the thing that got me loving Whitesnake when I was a kid was all the the late 80s stuff, you know? Yeah. And Flesh and Blood, like, goes back to that directly, in my opinion. And I don't know... I think I mentioned this when we when we talked about the first single "Shut Up and Kiss Me," but this is the first album that features that Doug Aldrich isn't on, and, and yeah. this features um, what's Joel fucking, Holkster. Yeah, Joel Holkster that was formerly Nightwing Ranger, and his guitar playing is way more that style, and Doug Aldrich's playing is way more that bluesy mm-hmm. heavy style. So that could be a part of it, even mm-hmm. though I assume that he probably wasn't heavily involved in the writing. But songs like. Shut up and kiss me, and you know the first track, "Good to See You Again," and then "Trouble Is Your Middle Name" might be my favorite one. These are all just sound like late '80s hard rockers from like Slip of the Tongue or something. So if you ever loved White Snake during their heyday, you would absolutely love this album. I think. Oh yeah. Our honorable mentions. It's funny. The four albums that fell off my list were all hard rock, and the four albums that fell off your list were all heavy metal. <laughs> Weird, huh? Yeah. How that works out. But then we both had both those things that did stay on the list as well. So I think it was just the way we had them. Yeah. The way we ranked them, you know? But I look at my list and it it had big chunks of certain styles of music, which I also noticed was like you have the that bluesy hard rock stuff like Last in Line and White Snake and a couple of albums we're going to talk about like Inglorious and... Mm-hmm. Then Machine and all that. And then there was the stuff like Backyard Babies and um, Michael Monroe and all that. It kind of fits together. And then all that middle of the road hard rock like some of our top ones are. But anyway, I should probably say all that stuff at the end. But <laughs> let's jump into it. Officially, number 19. Number 19 is Michael Monroe's One Man Gang. Nice. So. If he puts out an album, it's going to be on our list. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's. That final spot there, it's still on the list. It should be probably higher, I think. But, you know, yeah. that's just, that's another one that we mentioned recently, probably a month ago that I mentioned that I can't wait till this is out. And you said it's been out for a month or two or something at that point. Yeah. And I just let it completely slip by and not even know it had come out. So this is one I really listened to this past month. But just even off the first listen, I knew. It just grew on you that much. Yeah, I knew this was going to be yeah. one of my favorite albums of the year. And 
I mean, highlights for me off the album were Last Train to Tokyo, Junk Planet, Wasted Years. Uh, Helsinki Shakedown was great. Yes. Hollywood Paranoia. Yeah, Helsinki Shakedown. That's one of the best songs as well. And I mean, this is something, like you just mentioned, it's going to be on our list because we've this might be the third one that he's put out since 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it the second one? Because I remember the last one, Blackout Stakes, was on our list. Yeah. But is that anything else you want to say about that one? I mean, you know, it's prolific, and I, I mean, I don't know. I said I said enough last episode. You know, <laughs> people need to stop falling asleep on this guy. It's fucking stupid. You know how how I don't know. You know. People show up to see some 21 Pilots bullshit, and this guy can't even get a tour in this country. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to... Was that the very last episode? Or no, the last uh, episode I can't remember. was I the last, but the episode before that, um, yeah, the one where we just talked. You go listen to that, and you can hear like a three, four minute long rant about Jason's thoughts on why people aren't giving Michael Monroe the respect he fucking deserves. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, one of the, he's probably number two or number three now on my um, concert bucket list in life. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever get yeah, the chance. Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I mean, number one is Glenn Hughes, and I always worry that might not happen. But I know. Now that he's in Dead Daisies, it might. You never know. Yeah. All right, so number 18, Death Angel, Humanicide. Yeah. I mean, what a record. Just the name alone. Oh, yeah. I love that name. Um, Immortal Behated, I think, is a standout track for me. Uh, Humanicide, the title track, obviously. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I really love the resurgence these guys have been on. Um, You know, they've been back a while, and it's just so nice and refreshing. Have a good, solid thrash band. Uh, They're great live. We just saw them live. Great record. Yeah. I love Aggressor. I came for blood. Aggressor, so good. Yeah. The pack. And yeah, like, I mean, we talked about it a little bit longer here just a couple of weeks ago because we saw them live recently and they did a headline show here in Tulsa. And I mentioned on that one, I just love how much these guys focus on their new album when yes. they play. And not only that, they focused on Humanicide, but they also, more than half the set was from this album and the previous two albums that came out in the past seven or eight years. Yeah. Whereas a lot of bands, especially that had their, I don't know, quote unquote, heyday, like in another time period, like these guys in the thrash, the days of thrash, late eighties, early nineties would focus more on that stuff. And they do play a lot of that stuff and it's great, but I'm just glad how much they focus on the stuff. Cause it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, heads and shoulders above a lot of stuff. And I think it, you made a point on that episode how it's, they probably focus on that stuff because they were gone for a while and they, they're having, they're probably having as much success now as they did back then. Exactly. So it's like, what's there to lose? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. If you've not jumped on the death angel resurgence train here, what are you doing? Yeah. Get on it now with this one and then check out the previous two albums as well. If you have not, these guys are fantastic. And we had Ted Aguilar on his podcast. It's been quite a while now, three years ago, but it's a great one. So go check that one out. All right, so number 17 is Romstein. Which I didn't even listen to. They're not my thing, so <laughs> turn it to you, buddy. You didn't, you just flat out, you didn't even listen to it at all? I don't even know if I knew it was out. <laughs> and that's, 
I, I'm not. I, I, they're just not on my radar. Not to say they're not good. But yeah, I would have. I would have thought it was on your radar because remember back in Oklahoma they had the. Uh, yeah, I re- oh, that's right. I do remember that. I just, I don't know. I don't know if the record company, whatever, paid for a plane to fly around festivals and it had like a banner that said, Romstein out now. And they're the type of band that doesn't, I don't think, need, needs that promotion, but it's a smart thing because this band hasn't had an album out in, I think, 12 years. Or was it 2007, 2005? I don't remember. Um, and I, I was reading a thing a while back. Loudwire had their most anticipated things for 2020 or something. And they said this is the first time in the history of Loudwire that they didn't have Rammstein or Tool on their hopes for the next year or whatever. So they said we can finally stop yeah, writing exactly. about this. It, happened. it finally happened. Yeah. But Rammstein to me is one of those bands that I love this band so much that they don't. I could be blinded because this album over overall, I don't think is as great as a lot of their albums, but it's still great. They're like, they're one of those bands that don't do wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Everything they've ever put out is, and there's a couple more bands coming up. I'm going to say that about that. Everything they've ever put out. I've never thought, well, this album, I'm never going to listen to again, or this is their, this is their St. Anger or this is whatever. They just don't do it. And I mean, but it's extremely, there's nothing about this album that would sway a single human being that didn't like Rammstein before. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. Yeah. It's just, it's typical Rammstein. It sounds great. You know, radio, sex, was Achlieb, <laughs> you know, was I in love? I don't know if that's how you say that. And Tattoo. All these songs are freaking great. So I'd say if you love Rammstein, you got to check this out if you don't. Then just keep going on because you're not going to start now. Yeah. And it's only 45 minutes long, which to me seems short for Rammstein. So that was kind of cool as well, which is probably not. It's just something in my head. But jumping along to number 16 is Agnostic Front, Get Loud. Oh, man. Now, this is something I can get behind. <laughs> I've become a huge Agnostic Front fan in the last four or five years. Um, I always, hardcore was always on the fringe with me. You know, I always liked a few things, um, but when I heard this, when I finally got around to hearing this band, and this is another one of those things where, you know, I, I don't, <clears throat> I'm an old bastard, and there's a lot of shit I listen to, and there's a lot of stuff that fell by the way, you know, over the years, and I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think that's a bad thing, and, and I don't begrudge anybody for being late to the party, because there's just so much shit these days. And as you get older, you change and you, you're open to more stuff or close to other stuff. And so this is just one of those things where, you know, I finally got around to getting into them and they really grabbed me. And I liked their last album a little better than this one. Yeah. But Get Loud is still great. Um, you know, it's got all, all the, all the hardcore boxes checked. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's short, it's heavy, it's, it's abrasive. Uh, I remember, I think is the, one of the, my, my favorite songs on the record. Um, AF Stomp is cool. Snitches get stitches. Uh, spray painted walls is like the lead single. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's great stuff, you know, to just stomp your, stomp your feet too. Yeah. Yellow spray painted walls and conquer and divide. And, um, like I said, I remember. 
And that's the, I remember it was like long as hell. It's like three minutes and 12 seconds. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Most of these songs are like two minutes and 12 seconds or a minute and a half. 14 songs, only 30 minutes. But that's what you love about this band. Yes. Yes, it is. And I mean, I, like you, I mean, we knew this band when we were kids. Because there was like people, there was a guy was there. At our, it was, I can't remember his name, a dude at our school that would always wear a Gnostic front shirt. Yeah. To me, I just, you know, my ignorance at 14 or whatever, I just thought it was like a death metal band because the name to me when I was 14 yeah. sounded like something a death metal band would have. And yeah. then I, when I hear them in later years, I'm just like, man, where the fuck? After like really getting a hate breed and them being the bridge to like this kind of stuff, I think for both of us, like, I don't know where we were at on this band 20 years ago. Yeah, it's like, I feel like an idiot. I really do. <laughs> but hey, we're here now and that's all that matters, right? Right, that's all right. And uh, Roger Merritt's book, right? Uh, hey, and I, I will see them this year somehow. Somehow? I don't know how, but I will see them. In 2020? Yeah, I mean, they're going to tour for this record. They already are, so it's got to happen. One day we'll go to New York and get a tattoo from, from Vinny. New York Hardcore. You, <laughs> come, you come to my shop, you get a tattoo. <laughs> And I'll do it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, 15? 15 is pretty much, I don't know. There sounds a little bit different than a Gnostic front, I'd say. Okay, <laughs> that was bit. a dumb joke. Big Wreck, But For The Sun is the name of the album. Big Wreck is one of those bands that both of us have loved since they debuted. Yeah. And if you're not, there's a lot of people might not be familiar with them. They had a little bit of radio success early on in the, like, 90, when they came out in 95. Or was it 94? And they, they every album they put out has been great, but they, they're they a band out of Canada, and they've had a lot of success there. And that's just kind of where they've stayed ever since then. And they, they come into America, into some major cities, but they don't tour heavily through America, and they don't get radio play in America for some fucked up reason. But this album... Well, I'll tell you why, because radio in America sucks balls, and they don't know any kind of anything good, so... Big Wreck uh, needs to put on, Ian Thornley needs to put on a space helmet, and then it gets Yeah, <laughs> put on a space helmet and make fucking schlocky diet fucking samey goddamn fucking rock and roll that sounds like um, equivalent of a fucking dry noodle, and it'll get paid, and it'll get played, because people fucking like that shit for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, be diverse and talented, and you can't, you can't get fucking arrested. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's the... It's the same. It's a broken record. It's the same bitch I have over and over. Yeah. So, I, you know, and, and that's why we can't have anything good, America. <laughs> so, I don't know. Pull your head out of your ass. Right. And these guys are hard rock, but it's not hard rock in the same sense of like a band like, you know, whoever we've already, like the End Machine or something's hard rock. It's like, it's atmospheric hard rock, I guess. I, I, think, they're, I think they're in there with like... You know, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and That's Candlebox. Yeah, because so many. But I didn't like I don't, better. Maybe not than Soundgarden, yeah. but. but no, that's that's a good point because I don't think I don't think about it with Big Wreck. But whenever we told Jason Carroll to check this out, he hadn't listened to him previous to this album. I think he said, mm-hmm. and he uh, he said it sounded nineties to him, like the the band sound. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, his Ian Thornley's voice has a lot of Chris Cornell elements to it. For those of you that don't know, he was one of the original people that Velvet Revolver was going to get before Wyland. That's right. Yeah. And then he turned it down, actually, because he wanted to play guitar. And they just wanted him to be a front man, and yeah. he didn't want to do it. Which I guess you got to give the guy respect for that, because that could have helped Big Wreck big time. But yeah. um, Locomotive is a fantastic freaking song. 
This album, like we just, like I said, this is the polar opposite of Gnostic Front. It's an hour long. It's got less songs than Gnostic Front have, <laughs> and it's twice as long. There's songs on here that are kind of against the grain for what you usually go for, which is like six and a half, seven minutes, five and a half minute long yeah. songs. But the album as a whole, you know, like I said, Locomotive, So Clear, Follow Me, has a lot of great riffs, a lot of great, you know, his vocals are fantastic, and this band just fantastic songwriters it never gets never gets dull and i just can't stress that enough to people that haven't heard of them you know right and yeah one more random side note about it i was working at a festival in colorado this year at a country fest seven peaks it's the one where i saw chris shifflett and i was sitting at this thing and i had this playing on my bluetooth because it was like the week it came out and like three different people they were just like attending the festival like as country fans i came up and asked who that was that I was playing. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if the sound just kind of translates across the board. So that's another reason people need to get on board with this. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So number, is it 15 now? I think we're at 14. 14. Mark Morton, that's Anesthetic. Right. All right. So this one, we talked about this highly when it came out and I yes. thought this would be high on my list and it wasn't, but I mean, I still love it. Yeah. And I know you do too. It, it was high on mine. And aside from it being a great record, I am a sucker for, you know, like we talked about Josta. I'm a sucker for somebody doing a record and having a lot of guests on it. I think that's really fun. It's cool. Yeah. Whenever a song has a different singer. Yeah. Sometimes, honest, honestly, sometimes, it, you know, it doesn't make for the best record. That's right. Yeah. But in this case, it made for one of the best records of the year. Um, I. I do not like Lean Park <laughs> at all. Same. I have always recognized, though, that Chester Bennington has a great voice. Uh, he's got a great power in his voice. Uh, rest his soul. So I, I really enjoyed Cross Off. I thought that's a great fucking track. It's a great single. It's a great kickoff track. Um, Axis with Mark Lanigan. I loved... Um, that's where I that's really love Back from the Dead with Josh Todd. Um, and and the, the traditional metal songs with Chuck Billy and the other one with Randy Bly that were great. I mean, it's just uh, Mark Morton's a, an amazing... He even sings a song. And his voice is and great, his yeah. his voice is fucking great. You know, he's an amazing metal player. He's an amazing soloist. But also, and you, you hear all that here like you do in the Lamb of God. But you can also... This album also shows off his songwriting chops. And his diversity. Yeah. Um, so uh, this guy can do anything. Uh, Mark Morales from Sons of Texas uh, helps him out live. I really wish I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just great all around. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my two cents on this record. Yeah, Access by Mark Lanigan's one of the best songs of the year, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like you said, Cross Off. I wish if, if Lincoln Park had not had... Um, What's his name? The rapper dude. Mike Shinoda. Yeah, if they're not Mike Shinoda. And this is how Lincoln Park, the direction they were, we would have loved him. But then again, they would have never got as big as they were. True. So that's and, why and, the, and that's my <laughs> thing. Is like I never I, – I, 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 I got to see Lincoln Park once. They were they were definitely a live force. Uh, and I, 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 do not, I do not think they're a terrible band. It's just if there's too much rapping and too much electronic stuff going on, I check out. Yeah. I, I can't get into that. That's just my thing. I, I don't know. Um, 
You mentioned Back from the Dead with Josh Todd, and this, to me, is the best thing Josh Todd has done in, like, fucking five or six years. Right on. Like, this is better than every Buck... And I like Buck Cherry, and this isn't the time to get into, like, a Buck Cherry rant, but this is... Back from the Dead is how Buck Cherry should have sounded for the past three albums, but they don't. So, I'll leave it at that. And... What was one other one I went... Yeah, Save Defiance with Miles Kennedy is great as well. Oh, man. Because it... To me, that almost sounds like Miles Kennedy wrote it with him, but I don't know. Maybe it's just his voice forces it into that sound. It, it was either on um, it's on the Josta show or on Eddie Trunk, where he he didn't write it with him. It just it is it like he he, he wrote he came it with up with it mind? and he knew that oh man, I got to get Miles for this. Okay, that's what I kind of wondered because yeah. a lot of the songs that I think we talked about this one came out in my only like it's not even a complaint, but I thought every song sounded musically sounded like the guy that was singing it. And I thought, well, maybe they wrote it with him, but if they didn't, I'm like, did he just do this on purpose? Yeah. Which doesn't really matter. They're good songs. It's a good song. So that's irrelevant, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. Number 13 is soil work. Wait, wait, wait. What? I want to ask you something. I'm seeing these points and, and a few different ones have 13 points and 14 points. So you just yeah. putting them in whatever order you wanted to, motherfucker. I explained that at the beginning. If it was some, <laughs> well, I, I must. Okay. I, well, I was, I was looking shit up, getting ready while you were talking. Okay, we're, we're multitasking, motherfuckers here. Okay, you want me? So to... you better explain yourself. Okay, let me find the list. I'm starting to get angry here. Okay, I can't go too deep into this without giving away albums up here on the top. But, <laughs> um, but that's it. If you I'm look leaving. at if I'm you look, no, if you look at uh, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen here, twelve we both had on our list, so that's why that they all have the same total amount. That's why that one is above these other two. And then number thirteen, I believe I had higher on my list than you had. Uh, okay, fourteen gotcha, on your gotcha, list. Gotcha, gotcha. And then if you look up at number, no, I get you now. <laughs> I see what you mean. I just wanted to make sure. Right above that, ten and eleven. That that's a tie, and yours was above mine. So I had to keep you on the up and up. Okay, I want to make sure that you know the the real votes are being counted, not the electoral college. Okay, that'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so so we had uh, so number thirteen is another one where it's kind of all you. Which is weird to me because I thought it you is. Liked- I know. Believe me, uh, I love soil work, but I don't know for some reason the last four or five records that just I, I just they haven't connected with me like they used to. Okay, and I expressed that to you, right? And I, I listened to this record and it's great, but it just didn't make so. I just I turn it over to you. Verklig Hitten or Heighten? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> That's another reason I just didn't want to. I'll let you talk about it. But I remember when this came out, you said you really loved Full Moon Shoals. That I mean, yeah, it's great, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it, it, so much stuff after that came out, because that was one of the first records to come out of the year. It was like out in January or something. Yeah, yeah it was literally like the second or third week. There's another one coming oh. up that literally was the first album that came out in 2019 that I knew of. But anyway, so it work is just like I said with uh, um, Romstein. I, I don't know if I'm just like blinded by the fact of how much I've always loved him, mm-hmm. how much I love Bjorn Speed Strid. Um, 
if I get blinded by the fact, because I look at this and I don't love it as much as I love even recent albums like The Living Infinite. To me, they just don't do wrong. There's like, there's no, there's never been a downfall to me in like their releases. And it's weird because they're, this guy's constantly putting out music. Him and David Anderson, you know, every year, if there's not a Soul Work album, there's a Night Flight Orchestra album. Yeah. And there's been like one year or two years ago where they had both, I think. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of like we said with Tommy Victor. You consistently put out that much music and it's always good quality. And this album, you know, has classic sounding stuff like The Wolves Are Back in Town is one of my favorite songs of theirs since the, you know, the good old days of 15, 20 years ago of Soul Work. Arrival, like I said, Full Moon Shoals. This whole, you know, I mean, this whole album is great. I mean, there's not much more to say. It's like Soul Work's kind of another one of those bands like, like I said about Rammstein, if you didn't, if there's something about them you don't like, they don't really change their sound to where you are going to like them. So I think you just kind of got to love that Swedish. They've always been classified as melodic death metal, but I don't even really consider them that. Yeah. To me, melodic death metal is scar symmetry where it's like true death I, metal. I get, I get that. With true melodic vocals. Yeah. And he has true melodic vocals, but he's he's got heavy vocals, but they're not deathy to me. And his voice has always been one of my favorite metal voices of the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's my take on why I love soul work and their new music. Okay, number 12, Inglorious Ride to Nowhere. I mean, really, dude. This is a ride to somewhere, and it's it, it somewhere sure fucking great. Somewhere where Sorry, amazing fucking music. No, <laughs> maybe, but goddamn it, it's true. Right. And this is this is kind of one of those, like, for a minute, it wasn't even on my list at all. And I'm like skimming back through my master list. Like, did I miss anything? And that's kind of when I caught this record and was like, oh, holy fuck. This has to be on here somewhere. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's so good. I mean, it's so like, you know, there's all these fucking bands. Um, Dirty Honey and Joyce Wolf and Rival Sons and Sorry, Greta Van Fleet. You know, that's doing this style of rock. And no one's talking about Inglorious. And it's like, are you people on fucking PCP or some shit? I don't know if it's because I mean, they're a little heavier. Maybe it's because they're a little... They, the only thing, yeah, they're maybe they're a little heavier or maybe... In a way, sometimes they lean a little bit 80s, even though they're like, you know, young dudes. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Or maybe it's because they're from the UK. I don't know. Whatever. That's a good point, because most of those bands you just mentioned lean and, 70s. And they don't, yeah. And they don't, you know, they're not touring here as much or if at all if anything yeah as much as those other bands we just mentioned so maybe that's why but man this band is so in that fucking vein and this record is so good um i mean sonically it's i mean it's it's insane um I say insane a lot, but it is. <laughs> uh, in all the songs, I Don't Know You and Where Are You Now, um, Liar. Liar's fucking great, dude. Yeah, that might I be mean, my favorite one. You can just hear the fringe on his jacket in that song. <laughs> I mean, it's... And the guy's voice is... Freak just, show. Yeah, his... I mean, it, it's... It's it's out in space, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those... Like, I keep, you know, always bring up Last in Line or Lynch Mob, where it's... Vocally, just as impressive as the music. Yeah, I mean that's you can say that about a lot of bands, but not a lot of bands you can say it where both entities 
are not are above great on their own, you know. You take his voice and it's above, it's amazing. You take this band's music and it's amazing. Yeah. You put it together and it's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks like well, let's take so some of our friends we see out at shows. Doug, uh, Melody and Jules, Scott Squires, listen to this band. This is right up your fucking alley. You will love this shit. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Well, we know Jason Carroll already does. So. Yes. Uh, that's <laughs> I didn't. He, we know he's legit, you know. <laughs> Which, no, I mean, everybody's legit, but you know what I mean. Now I sound like a dick. Whatever. <laughs> What's <right>? the next one? <laughs> Did you hear that, Melanie? God Did damn you hear it. that? Doug, he just called you not legit. No. I did not. Okay. Don't even, don't okay. put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> okay, so number 11. John Garcia and the Band of Gold. There you go. This is another one. Uh, this is another one. It, it was out. This was the super f- early. That's like the, the one I was referring work. to a minute ago. Like it came out January 4th. And I, yes, I listened. 2019. <laughs> I listen. I remember back at the place in Sand Springs. It was one of those winter days where it was like sixty degrees because we live in fucking Oklahoma. <laughs> and I had all my windows open. And I was cleaning up. I was cleaning my place up. I'm like I'll put this record on, and I really enjoyed it. But I just. But then the flood came. Yeah. And everything else came out, and it just. You obviously hung on to it a little better. So go ahead. Yeah, this one I kept going back to. More so than any other John Garcia solo album ever. And I, I guess, I don't know if you'd call this a solo album, because it's got Band of Gold. It's the first one that's got Band of Gold in the title as well. Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, John Garcia was in Caius, and I've always thought, man, it'd be amazing. Caius is one of those bands that never did a reunion, you know? But it's at the same time. Which is insane, right? Yeah, it's like the same time. I still wonder, is that coming? Amazing as it would be, it's like, Solo, this guy, it sounds like kind of like Caius anyway, right? Yeah. But the one thing about this album that I kind of thought about when I was looking back through this stuff was that you, you know, you've always talked about how much you love short songs. And surprisingly, for this style of music, most of these songs are three minutes long, you know, at the most three and a half. There's a couple that are, you know, over four minutes, but anyway, yeah. it's, uh, it's very, what's the right word? It's not, it's stoner rock, but it's like that desert rock, like Caius was. I get that, yeah. Where it's got that, it doesn't sound like your typical stoner rock, but it's got a lot of that vibe, because John Garcia is that. He's mm. like one of the poster poster boys for that kind of music, in mm. my opinion. And It's and, like, what what would it be if he wasn't around? This music, or what? Yeah, what would stoner rock be if he never, oh, it might true. even be stoner rock, you know? yeah. That's a great point. And, I mean, in typical John Garcia fashion, the song titles are just as great as the music itself, with songs like Space Vato, Jim's Whiskers, Chicken Delight, you know, uh, Apache Junction. I think... Child I can't even say how to say it. Chicken Delight at my brother's at Christmas the other day. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Chicken Delight is a great song, not just because of the name. Liliana is probably the best song on the album. Um, don't even think about it. But yeah, I mean, I just, I wish more people would like listen to this kind of stuff, but it's not anything that's ever going to be mainstream. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that is mainstream that I think if people heard this, they would dig it. Yeah. And I think, I'm just glad that this guy continually puts out music. If if we never see a cast reunion, which I don't know why we wouldn't, you know, people... 
people would show up for it mm-hmm. just because outside of him, you've also got members of Queens of the Stone Age and stuff like that. So it's got yeah. power to it. But I say we don't need it as much if we got albums like this. So. There you go. Number 10, The New Roses, Nothing But Wild. And this one is kind of like I just said about, like you just said about John Garcia when this came out. I listened to it because you mentioned it was out. Yeah. It's fantastic. Right. That's why it's at number 10. But it kind of, for me, it kind of got lost in the shuffle with listening to everything else. And I think I like this one probably even more than their first album. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say. They're both great. but Well, uh, they've got, what, three or four albums. Oh, that's right. I forget that. Yeah. Hello. It's just the the last two is the two that I've been on board with. I'm like one of those people now. What, what one of those people? You know, when people say their first album, they really oh, had like, oh, yeah. it's the first album you Oh, knew. the kind of people we can't fucking stand? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like Typo Negative's first album, Bloody Kisses, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, dude, you just pissed me off right there. Um, I think, I think this charted a little higher for me than did you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, okay. So the New Roses, they're from Germany. But to look at them and or hear them, you would think they were from like fucking, I don't know, North fucking Carolina. Macon, Georgia or some <laughs> yeah. shit. I mean, it's really, it's not like Southern, but it's just that good time biker hard rock that you like, I don't know, you could see with like Jackal or you could see them being at a motorcycle rally or. That's a good point. It's like. Which usually doesn't register with me other, unless you are fucking Jackal. <laughs> right. But these guys are so good, um, and I think, and I'm just really intrigued at the fact that they're fucking German, and right. that they're doing this kind of thing. It's um, like that feel good '80s rock, but not sounding like '80s rock. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I mean, the the song "Down by the River" is like just, dude, you you are so like inspired and awestruck when you hear that song. You just want to go like do some positive shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can't stop rock and roll's great. Uh, As the Crow Flies, I love that song. Um, It's just a great, it's a feel-good summer six-pack fucking record. It really is. Glory Road. Like, if that got on the radio, this this band could get big. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, you know, and I'm going through here, you know, so I can talk about it, get the list of songs to refresh me. Yeah. And I see a list of tour dates, and it's all German. It's all in Germany. I mean, they're just like, it's like so fucking German. And it's just weird because you wouldn't think this kind of music is big in Germany. Yeah. But obviously, maybe it just is because they're doing it. I, I or don't is know. there a scene of bands doing well, you this know, that the, we don't know about? From the other record, that Every Road, what is it? Every Heart, oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, Every Heart Deserves an Open Road. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. One More for the Road from 2017. That, that well, the song oh, yeah. is, you know, the. the um, the oh, vi- where the video shows. The video's them. from Vakken, and they're, you know, or some festival, and. People are digging it and loving it. It's like, wow, it feels like it's in, you know, it feels like this is in like Kansas City or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll finally see him at Sturgis. I mean, not us personally, but maybe we'll yeah. see him get there. Maybe that, maybe <laughs> it's just that will happen, you know? Let's set up a German biker rally in Tulsa so they can come. And it might, it, yeah, it might fucking happen. <laughs> All right. We're getting into the top nine now. Top nine of 2019. So this is more, this is the nitty gritty, I guess. Oh, Since getting, it's 2019, you got to say it starts at nine down instead of ten. Oh, my 
God, you with your I like to be weird just to piss you off. I know, I know. And uh, again, like I'm saying, 2020 is going to be the top 10 of 2020, okay? Yeah, it's got to be 20. It's 21 where it changes. God damn it. You're killing me with this shit. (laughs) All right, dude. All right. It's got to be 2021. Because I'm a pushover (laughs) and I like bald men. Oh, thank you. I'm going to give you one more year. We'll do a top 20 of 2020. Then it's it. It's it. (laughs) It's top 10 from there on out. I'm putting my foot down. Okay. Maybe we can compromise and be top 11. All right. Top 9 of 2021. <laughs> See how that's going? going backwards. It's not going to help you, sir. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so what's, what's number 9? It is Alter Rouge. Walk the Sky. Nice. Nice. And in <clears throat> typical Alter Bridge fashion. It's grand. It's epic. I mean... All killer, no filler. Yeah, well, you know that's what you're going to get with Alter Bridge. I think, wouldn't you rather, if they just did that on the album ten times, it it probably would have been like number two or three for me. Yeah. So that's just how amazing that song is. And that song, there's an intro track, but that's basically the first song, and that's another um, staple of Alter Bridge is their opening track is always like, oh, yeah. freaking huge and mm-hmm. badass. It's never failed, I don't think, that I can remember on any mm-hmm. of these albums. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I mean this one's a pretty, pretty lengthy one. It's like an hour long, fourteen songs. It's kind of how, but that's an out. I mean, that's another kind of staple. A lot of their shit is right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, just kind of skimming through it. Um, one of the the highlights for me is "Forever Falling," and that's the track that Mark Tremonti sings. Yeah, yeah, that's. Miles Miles sings under as well, but it's just backups and a chorus and stuff like that. And that's it's it's weird because I you know I've, I love Miles' voice better than Mark Tremonti, but Mark Tremonti's got an amazing voice as well. And I guess it kind of stood out to me because musically that song is so I don't know it's more Tremonti anyway because it's it's a little bit heavier. It's got a huge riff that's really just kind of re- reminiscent of what he does on his own. Mm-hmm. But whenever you put Miles on it, it makes it a, it sounds like an alternate song as well with him and the vocals too, you know? Yeah. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't get this bad in my throat. But yeah, overall, Walk the Sky is just another Alter Bridge album that's like, like you said, epic from beginning to end. I mean, you got any other tracks you want to mention? Or no, I mean, them? it's just a... <laughs> Tear Us Apart's great. Yeah, it, it's, it's just a epic. It's a big, big album. As all their stuff usually is. Yeah. And and whenever they put something out, it usually ends up on our lists. Yeah. I think every time we've done this, even prior to doing the podcast, those albums will end up on our lists. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Glad that these guys keep putting out music that's this high quality. There's not really a letdown from them ever. Yeah, there's not. <clears throat> and <clears throat> one other thing to mention, we kind of mentioned this, I know it was earlier this year on something where we were talking about Miles. It's kind of like a golden age for these guys if you're a fan of this band because there's just so much music over the past <clears throat> five to ten years. Yeah. Every year, every other year, you get an Alter Bridge album. In between that, you get a Slash album with Miles. You get a Tremonti album. Yeah. You now get, you've got a Miles Kennedy solo album. I know. There's just a it, plethora it, of amazing music. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's going to be no, no lacking content from <clears throat> this group of people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say, or these, you know, these acts, however you want to put it. 
Right. We're going into number eight as another <clears throat> band that is consistent as hell. Yes. And that's Canada's Danko Jones. Man, I mean, come on. That's another one. Come on, people. Yeah. I mean, we can't scream it loud enough. Yeah, you could do the, the Michael Monroe rant oh, with Danko Jones. Exactly. You just switch out the names. It still fits. Yeah. You know? A Rock Supreme is the title of the album, and that's as fitting an album title as you can get when it comes to Danko Jones. Pretty much. This band is kind of in the same sense of an ACDC or something where you know what you're going to get, but not that not that streamlined as ACDC. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I mean, I think I've even heard him before compare the band to ACDC, maybe yeah. on one of his podcasts or something. <clears throat> but they, you know, they've always got a few different things going on in the album, but just consistent as hell. Like everything, it's just like perfect rock and roll. I mean, I mean, seriously. I, <clears throat> if if you want to say like favorite tracks, I could just start naming every song on this album because yeah. it's just consistent as hell. I'm the opening track. I'm in a band is. Typical Danko Jones, where oh, it's yeah, just like, it's almost like Anvil in a way. Yes, there's no hidden meanings in the lyrics. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, I'm in a band. I just wrote a song about I'm in a band, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I love love. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, like I said, almost in an Anvil way without being that corny. You see the song title and that's exactly what the song's about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's no butter bus jerky here. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I, I think Dance, Dance, Dance is one of the highlights of this record. The yeah. video is definitely a fucking highlight. Um, I actually so, don't know if I've seen that. Well, you might want to when we're done, and okay. then you'll thank me. Okay. So, anyways. But but all that aside, it's you know it's just good meat and potatoes, strong rock and roll. Um, you know, all, all, all the shit, you know, that we love, um, and right. that, that gets us going, power trio type kind of shit. I mean, they're awesome, and this is a great record. Uh, he, he's never had a, I don't think he's ever had a dud right. of a record, you know, so, I mean. And there's a, there's way more Denko Jones albums than you think there are. Yes, definitely, and and <clears throat> so, yeah, this guy was definitely going to be on our list. Yeah, if you grew up loving hard rock, or just like anything, listening to music and having a good time while you're doing it with some some loud guitars, this is a band that you need to be paying attention to. Exactly. And they've been around for, what, almost 20 years? So you have no yeah. excuse. Right. Yeah, I know Sirius plays them on occasion, but still not even where, anywhere near close to enough on there at all. And so if you're not a follower of Denko Jones or you've seen the name but don't listen, now's the time to start, people. 2019. Exactly. Going into 2020. <laughs> so... And that's another one, like, I've never seen them live. You have. So uh, I'm open for Volbeat. Yep. Got to see them open for Volbeat in Oklahoma City. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was way better than Volbeat, and I love Volbeat. So what's that tell you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So hopefully one day I'll yeah. get, that, get that opportunity. I think it's cool that the West Coast shows they're playing are, have Junkyard opening. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How cool would that be? Yeah. You know? And that's like... That's very. It's extremely fitting too. Yes, you know? it is. It is. That works. Yeah. All right. Number seven is Haunt. If Icarus could fly, I had to get. I had to get him on. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I'm on the Haunt train. I'm sold on it. I love this band. 
I love how they operate. And this record is insane. I mean, it's like all, it, it, it's, hey, goddamn, it's like, how, how do I, how do I describe this and like how vital it is, but also expressing how much it takes me back without trying to sound like a throwback, you know? Right. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the intelligence to convey that feeling, <laughs> you know, uh, any more eloquently. Um, I mean, it, all the shit that, that you know, it's it's thrash, it's epic heavy metal. Um, it, it's very reminiscent of the late '80s, early '90s. Um, you know, shit that that used to get us excited. Yeah. I love I love the clean vocals. You know, there's melodies, there's the, the, the guitar lines. I mean, I I just, I fell in love with Haunt this year. Yeah. And this record is awesome, you know. Yeah, you mentioned the guitar lines. That's like the the huge highlight here on this album. Yes, me. yes. And it's all good, you know, Run and Hide. I love the title track. I think title yeah. track's badass. That was um, what I was about to say. That's my favorite track. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and I love how, you know, uh, Trevor Church is so, um, everything's do it yourself. You know, everything's self-contained within, within him. Uh, you know, he, you know, band camp is his, you know, that's the way to go for him. He sells everything on there and it's all just, you know, the, the design of it. it it's just the, the logos and the color schemes and the, the packaging and the way he does everything is like reminiscent of, you know, that old school, you know, that old school thrash kind of way. Yeah. If, I don't know, if that makes any sense. See, I get excited and I can't, <laughs> you know, but, and, and they've already got a new record coming out like in January. Yeah. I mean, it's I just prolific as shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I already ordered the, the cassette, buddy. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll probably be hearing about that one. Oh yeah. A definitely. year from right now. <laughs> yes. In that yes, top 20. Sure. But yeah, I mean, this just checks all the boxes. It's it's accessible, melodic, thrash, but it's also it, it also is just steep in the underground in a way too. I mean, it's just it's the shit I go nuts for. It really is. Yeah. And there's you know I've said that the last two or three eight records. But there's no way I wasn't going to put this one on my list. Well, you'll say that. I mean, we're in the top ten of the year, so we're going to yeah, be saying I mean, that all, about every yeah, one of these albums. Yeah, we're all going to get. <laughs> We're all going to get uh, dorky about everything now. But a side note, if you missed any of our recent episodes, uh, there's a, a band called Hysteria, yes. which features Trevor Church and two of the guys from Hellfire, which, which we, we just saw. Yeah, yeah, we talked about because we saw them open for Death Angel. That's an amazing record. Yes. And Jason wrote a review of that album. Up on our website at deepdownunderground.com. So check out Hysteria featuring Hans Trevor Church as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so getting into number six is Evergrey, The Atlantic. This for me is kind of like what you just said about Hans. This like got me super excited this year. And I don't think there's ever, there's never a point that Evergrey doesn't. We've said this about a few other bands on the list. Like yeah. I don't. Like I said, you know, we said about Alter Bridge, we said it about Soul Work. I don't, there's never been anything that's below great to me from this band. Yeah, I mean, they don't do anything bad. Yeah, it's like there's no, there's no, 
there's no album that I could say, well, I'm never going to listen to that one again because I want to listen to the early <laughs> ones again, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like there is with a lot of bands. Yeah, I would listen to the first four Evergrey records. <laughs> right. Whatever. Which those first four are amazing. <laughs> but this band keeps consistently putting out All Killer No Fooler. And The Atlantic is no different. And kind of like what we just said about Danko Jones, you see the name The Atlantic, and yes, that's what this album's about. A nautical theme. Yes. It's a... Why did I just draw a blank on the word? Um, concept album, I guess, yes. would be the right way to say it. And this basically, you know, tells a story from track one to track ten. And it's surprisingly this huge concept album, and it's still shorter than that Alter Bridge album. <laughs> well, it's, you know, Alter Bridge. You're right. I mean, they, they can really extend some shit out. Yeah, they're borderline. <laughs> um, I think Mark Tremont is a big progressive metal fan. Anyway. <laughs> but... Evergrey, you know, is great because they can cross all those boundaries of are they a progressive metal band? Are they a power metal band? They're not either. They're fucking Evergrey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Tom England just has an amazing voice. He's an amazing songwriter. This album, like I said, follows a story and there, it's a lot of long songs. I mean, seven, six, five and a half minute long songs. Weightless is the second track on here. It's probably my favorite. End of Silence is great. And the, the final two tracks, this be- the Beacon and this Ocean, are fantastic. And I just, this this band is number two on my concert bucket list, like I mentioned earlier. Michael Monroe and Glenn Hughes. Yeah. This guy's right behind Glenn, this guy, this band's right behind Glenn Hughes on number one, you know, bands I missed. And I, they freaking played Tulsa and I missed him. You saw him. I yeah. was at the show. I just got there late, but. Yeah, you know, I guess another. Yeah, that was another one I saw, and you didn't. Right. Yeah. And I guess the silver lining to that is, I was late, but I saw Nevermore. So yeah, that'll never happen again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With Chris Broderick, who's been on this podcast. That's right. So yeah, Evergrey, I highly suggest another Swedish band. As always, they're fantastic. The country keeps producing amazing music. And Evergrey, I've done this before. Like, I just put all the, you know, I know you do this a lot. Just put all their music in one huge playlist and just hit random. Yeah, and it's you all good. never have to skip. Yeah. I could listen to this, this band all night. So, that's my rant on Evergrey. <laughs> all right. We're getting into the the big time, the top five the Top now. five, buddy. Here we go. Yeah. And... Before we speak about this this album that kicks off number top five and number five is we actually had a discussion. I don't know if you remember this. Had a discussion when we were making the top eighteen of twenty eighteen. Is is this album eligible for twenty eighteen? Because you remember he put out the vinyl I remember in that. December, and that's what you got me for Christmas. Last that's year. right. Yes, yes. And so I listened to it. Then I let you borrow it. You listened to it, but then the official album release, like. CD, digital, everything wasn't until like March, I think, of this year. Yeah. So we thought, well, that's the official release. So this is a 2019 album, even though we got our hands on it. There you like go. some other people in 2018. <laughs> which would be Damon Johnson's solo album, Memoirs of an Uprising. Yes. I mean, what a record. Yeah. Um, we've been lucky enough to have Damon Johnson on the show twice. Uh, one of the nicest guys. I mean, really. And, and you know... Anyone that listens to the show on a regular basis or knows us know that anything with anybody and Brother Kane, we go shit nuts for. 
and um, you know, sometimes in uh, you know, Black Star Writers is he was with them, and it's they they were great, they are great, and you 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 don't know, uh, you know, I know that he's done some like acoustic solo stuff, and um, and I know he did a a, a solo EP that was you yeah. know rock. Yeah, two years ago, Echo. Yeah, and and that kind of I never really did catch on to that. I didn't really listen to it until much later. Nobody using this fantastic on that album. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and so and so I'm like, well, let's see how this is going to work out. And man, I was I was floored. I was blown away. It, it exceeded what I expected of this record. And but then again, it's like, well, it's Damon Johnson, so it's going to be amazing. I should have fucking known. Yeah, you know, uh, but. His songwriting abilities since '93. You know, yes, you've yes. known they've been amazing. Uh, and I'm so I'm so happy that this guy's still around and doing music and and working and not you know, and it never turned into just oh you remember that band Brother Kane with with Got No Shame. Right. You know he's been around and he just keeps making great shit. And this record is just it's 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 phenomenal. I, I think it's um. I think it's a quintessential hard rock record. Yes. You know, it, it's 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 a songwriter's record. I mean, it's just it's very important, and that's a good that's, word, that's what I want to get across. To me, this album—I don't know if this is going to sound right when I say it. Ten tracks, thirty-eight minutes. To me, this this album is like a Rolling Stones or Aerosmith album. I get that. Where it's like, it doesn't sound like a Rolling Stones Aerosmith album, but it's like just 10 tracks of great heavy rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, there's and nothing. Every song's great. You know? Yeah. You're not going to skip anything. There's nothing. There's nothing that's like, you know, a left turn from the rest of the record. It's, it's all, you know, finely crafted rock songs. You know, you've got choruses, riffs. I, I, I don't know what else you want. I mean, you could be looking for. If it was a, if there was a song that was a left turn, then hopefully the next song would take a right turn back down the right road. Oh my god! Or, or no, sorry, it's a left turn back down the right road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, are you, are you sure you don't have any kids? Because man, you got this dad joke thing down, dude. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Right. I don't know that it has a place on this podcast, Trent. Okay, I'll cut it out. <laughs> But I mean, Dallas could have been a beatdown. Dallas could have beat been a beatdown. I think is probably my favorite song on the record. But I love "Shivering, Shivering." "Rage with Me" is awesome. Um, I don't know. I like "Making Peace with the Wicked Beast." Yeah, you know, he kind of he kind of goes into a different thing vocally. I just I love this record. I really dig "So Brutal." Yeah, and he mentioned. I mean, we talked about Dallas could have been a beatdown last time we had him on the podcast. Yeah. Like earlier this year, and he mentioned that one's probably going to be in his set list from here until he's done. <laughs> you know, so there's a reason why it's our favorite song because it's freaking great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Damon Johnson, his songwriting abilities and his just every—I mean, this guy's wrote songs that you know that people. I mean, that people know that just listen to mainstream music and have no clue who. Wrote yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Know? So get your ass on. The Damon Johnson Express, or whatever you want to call it now, because this, I mean, all his solo work, just check out all the Black Star Riders albums as well. He was on all of them up until the most recent one. So, 
you not want to miss what this guy has to offer. And he has that project that he does with Ricky Warwick that we talked about when the two of them, when we had both of them on the podcast in 2018 called Warwick Johnson. Yeah. And they were talking about doing some original stuff at some point. I don't know if that'll still happen since they're not in the same band, but I'm sure they'll still make it happen. I hope so. Yeah. Definitely. So number four is Crowbot, Mother Brain. Let me just, before you go into this, let me just tell you. This was, I think you were on this record way before I was. You know, I, I mean, I've always knew it was out, and I knew it was, and it was always in my master list. Um, but, you know, just, just the last few months really is when I've really kind of just really sunk into it. And, um, I mean, what a great record. Uh, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's, I think it's up there with their first record. Yeah. But it's also one of those where I just put on and just went. So I don't know if I could even tell you any song titles. <laughs> it's just one of those I always just had going when I was driving or doing something around the house or something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I mean, what a, what a fucking record, dude. Yeah. And these guys, they're... They're a newer band, but they've been this is what their third album. Yes, so they've they've been around a bit. They're starting to make a name for themselves, and I, you know I kind of hope that um, they continue to. I mean, who was it? They were I don't know. We we're talking about that earlier. I forgot who it was already, but that they continue to make that climb, and you know, years down the road, they're like a household name to yeah, rock fans. Yeah, I hope. I hope. And I mean this this is the album that I think could put them on that path. I mean, because it's like. When Crowbot first came out, I would say that if someone just said, what genre is this or describe them, I would probably say stoner metal, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't totally. But this album, it still has elements of that, but they've pushed it more into just like this hard rock, yeah, real kind of just heavy music vibe. And even, I mean, they've all three of their, I mean, all their albums are great. You know, they're great songwriters as well. But this third track on here, Drown, I think is just another level of songwriting and it just, I mean, and it's not, I mean, I don't even know how to describe that song. It's like, it's so like the chorus is so huge to me that that proves that this band is whether people know it or not. It is a, this band is a force and will be a force in the rock world. Yeah. I'm just making that claim right now. But yeah, I mean, just, just put this album on and go the first two tracks burn and keep me down. There's videos for both those. Fantastic, low life. There's a video for actually. I don't think there's That's a video for Burn. Song, yeah, but low life. I think I think I saw recently that just hit like a million views or something. So I mean, yeah, it, you know, the tide's turning for them. Hopefully, yeah. Blackout, the hive. It ends this album. I can't. I mean, when this, like you said, whenever I was like really started listening to this, I think I was messaging you with Jason Carroll. I'm like, holy shit, this album. You know, and there was yeah. a point where I thought. This is my favorite album of the year. And even above albums that were already out that I thought were my favorite album of the year. <laughs> and then as they got later on, it you know, it stayed extremely high. But as we'll get here into the top three, you know, we'll talk about obviously a couple albums that were above that on my list. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's how much I love this. And that's how much I do love this, that this is easily one of the best albums of the year. And I hope I hope enough people are paying attention to this page. All right, so number three, getting into the the big time now, right? Oh, yeah. 
and a band that we were just mentioning here just a few minutes ago, Black Star Riders, Another State of Grace. This album surprised me. At I mean, there's no surprising the Black Star Riders are great and they put out great music, but it surprised me at how much I love this album and how after like two listens, I'm like, man, this album is just like, I couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah. There was a day I listened to this album four times in a row one day. Wow. And I'm, I was blown away that it was, it, I wasn't blown away that I loved it. I was blown away that it was one of my favorite albums of the year. Yeah. Well, I, I was like you, I listened to it and then just immediately started it over. Yeah. Like the day it came out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's Black Star Riders, man. I don't know. You know, <laughs> right. I, I mean, uh. I think Poisoned Heart is my favorite song on the record. Um, but the opening track, Tonight the Moonlight Let Me Down, is awesome. Uh, Why Do You Love Your Guns, epic. And it's like totally, like, everything they're saying in that song is fucking right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what are some standouts for you? This is one of those ones where it's, it's all killer, no filler. You know, the title track, Underneath the Afterglow, like you said, Why Do You Love Your Guns. Standing in the Line of Fire, I think, might, might be my favorite track. And it's just, it's just perfect. You know, we've said this like three or four times here in the top ten. It's just perfect rock and roll. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, and, and the, the, you know, Black Star Writers was born out of Thin Lizzy. And, uh, you know, we've said this on the podcast before. How they're doing it was probably a little tougher. But I think in the in the end, it, it's it was the right thing to do because look, I mean that Black Star Riders can stand on its own now. Yeah, and you don't think you don't really think Thin Lizzy. I think Black Star Riders. Right. That's a good so point. and this record just solidifies that even more. I mean, it's just it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's a good point because when they first came out, you know that first album, I listened to it and liked it, but when you saw the name, I still instantly think of Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Now I don't at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another state of grace. I love the, of course, the Irishness of that yeah. song. I mean, this is just a great record. Yeah, this is an Irish band, and Ricky Warwick is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to not only vocals but songwriting as yeah, well. Definitely, he's one of those guys that he's been doing it for probably thirty years, and yeah. there's still. The majority of people in the mainstream don't know who this guy is. Which I, is I mean, especially in America, at least when you get over to England and Ireland and probably Europe as a whole, he's probably more of a household name, I would think. Yeah. Because he had the Almighty, which was pretty huge in Europe there for a bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's just because, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's always the case, the right? The English and the Europeans know what good music is. People over here, you know, they, they're they're satisfied to settle with Chevelle. So, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I mean, in a roundabout way, Damon Johnson is part of two of the top five. Yes. You know, he didn't, he wasn't on this album, but he was a huge part of this band for a while. So that just goes to show that we've always been right about Damon Johnson. And now we're always right about Ricky Warwick and Scott Gorm, which if you, if you need to be convinced about an album that has Scott Gorm on it, then you just don't fucking like rock and roll anyway. Yeah. Just turn <laughs> this off right now. Right. <laughs> Number two. You want to announce this one? I'll let you say the name. Life of Agony, The Sound of Scars. Yes. Is our number two record. And another one that I kind of I thought this would be your number one. Yeah. I, 
I it was I went back and forth, man. It was a battle. Yeah, but you know, but to talk about this record, I mean, we're both huge Life of Agony fans. Um, I'm so glad that they are not on hiatus anymore. And the last five years has just been really great for them. They're like a um, full time thing again. Yeah, and and I think I like this record better than the last one. Um, and I, I just. I like that they kept the theme of the first record and, uh, you know, all these, all these songs are just, it's just, it just belts you in the mouth, but it also, you know, sticks to your ribs. You can't forget them. It's just fucking great. Um, I I love the, uh, um, uh, it's just, yeah. (laughs) I know to mention you said the theme of the first album, if, for those who aren't aware of this album, it is a basically a continuation. Like the, the first Life of Agony album, River Runs Red, was a concept album telling a story. And this album continues that story. It basically picks up, you know, this came out, what, 26, 26 years later? Yeah. And the story picks up right where the first one left off, but then goes into the future, basically, of now and tells that story continuing. So that's. That's a pretty cool concept that not a lot of bands are doing. You know, I mean, other bands have done it, but you don't see it that often. So it's kind of cool, you know, a cool concept just for that. Yeah. I still like the last album better. The a Place Where There's No More Pain. Yeah. But that's not saying that I like this one any less. Yeah. You know, this is still in my top two or three albums of the year. Yeah. And that I mean, one it, was it, my album it, of the it, year that year. So it it's made like, it all this way for a reason. Yeah. That's yeah. like the, the way I like a place that there's no more pain is, you know, I'm talking like an inch more or something. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, for me, uh, standouts are, are, I think, um, Scars and Blackheart and Lay Down is just a badass way to open the record. Yeah. Just one, two, three. I love Weight of the World. It's got that that snap and that bounce that the new drummer, Veronica Bellino, really brought to this record and has, you know, you hear that throughout. Um, empty holes, great. I mean, th- this is just a, as Josta would say, it's a banger. <laughs> well, yeah, you listed my top three songs in the sound: "Black Heart," "Lay Down," and "Weight of the World." There you go. Easily, "Once Below," you know, has a really cool vibe to it as well. And we had Alan Robert on this podcast. Yes, here we did. Just about what three months ago, maybe now. Yeah, and he. You know, talked about what went into this and the decision to do this and how everything came about, how they did the interludes and everything. And they, the same way as the first album, that you know, there's, this has several interludes in it that, you know, connect the story together. So highly recommended if you're a fan of freaking heavy metal. This yeah. is this is an album you don't want to sleep on. You know? No, yeah. Please do not fall asleep on this one. <laughs> All right, so... We're here at the top at the end. Um, we made it. Yeah. And this was... Number one. Yeah, like uh, like we said off the top, I think this has been the case the majority of the time. It was unanimous for both of us that this was our favorite album of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's been the uh, the silver tuna, Marv, <laughs> for pretty much since I heard it. Yeah. You know? And that's Feral Roots by the Rival Sons. That is right. And this, I 
hate to be repetitive, but perfect rock and roll. I mean, I, and at the <laughs> highest fucking sense. Yes, this is absolutely the highest, highest of highest perfect rock and roll. And we love Rival Sons. We've always loved them. And their records have always, you know, connected with us, I think. I'm speaking for you for a minute, but yeah. you'll see what I'm getting around to. But this one, Feral Roots, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Hold the fucking phone. What's going on here? I mean, it, I don't know what, I don't know what was, I don't know what aligned for them on this one uh, to like, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like, did they sit down and go, oh, I want to make a record that was better than our other ones. No, <laughs> they sat down and made it and said, I want to make a record that's better than probably most shit out there and that has been out there. <laughs> and like, how did they fucking do that? Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just insane. Yeah, you, you know, because that's a funny way to look at it because it's like most people say they don't sit down thinking, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing we ever did. Yeah. That's your goal, obviously. But, like, when you look at these, you know, what, 11 songs on it, 11 songs as a whole, it's like, what are these four guys doing that they're like, yeah. that they're just sitting there and this is what comes out and it's probably just natural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, we kind of talked about them in length here a few months ago because they, what, two or three months ago now, we saw them. Yeah, we saw them at the Tulsa State Fair. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this album then. We talked about that album when it came out. The first thing to talk about, I think, is Jay Buchanan and just, like, how amazing this guy is as a vocalist. And it transcends beyond what you would even believe when you see him live. Yeah, exactly. Just the, you know, so this isn't like some kind of, you know, studio trick to sound this amazing. This guy just is that amazing. Oh, I mean, it, it, hands down. I mean, there's no, and it makes it look so easy. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those dudes where he holds his microphone way far away and you still hear him. Um, and it's also, you know, I'm not trying to one up. I'm just trying to, uh, to explain, you know, the, uh, this will probably be my most favorite concert of the whole year. When I saw him at Temple Live in Arkansas, yeah, um, I mean, it, it was. I think just because it was a better crowd and a different atmosphere, it was just. I mean, his voice—it's just it, it, it goosebumps instantly, right? You know, and it, this band is one of those chemistry. You know, you hear that word thrown around a lot, but when it comes to certain bands, but this band. Is no doubt like these guys were meant to play together. Yeah, for sure. And you see that live and you hear it on record. And when they were opening up for Black Sabbath a few years ago, it's like most anyone that's going to see a Black Sabbath show, that's like all you're thinking about is I'm about to see freaking Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Ozzy Osbourne on stage. Mm -hmm. And then these guys come out and like after that show, that's all I was fucking thinking about was, Rival, Son, was yeah. Rival Sons, even though I just fucking saw. Tony Iommi, the greatest riff master of all time. And it's like, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm glad I get to go see Black Sabbath, but I made goddamn sure to get there in time to see Rival Sons. Right. And I was way, way up high, and they still connected to me. Yeah. So, there you go. So, that's our way of saying you should see Rival Sons live. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> I mean, back to the record. I don't yeah. know. Well, the record for you, what, what are your standouts? What did what, what, you like about this record that made it number one? Everything about it. Okay. <laughs> it's just like a cheesy <laughs> a cheesy answer, but so so the title track, 
is like more of a slower track. Yeah. And it's just like. But it's like an epic fucking Led Zeppelin-y cashmere type kind of fucking build up. And, yeah. Wow. Goddamn. And the opening track, Do Your Worst, right into Sugar on the Bone. Sugar on the Bone is fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I love that song. That would be. Stood By Me, that's great. Yeah. I would think if I was making a top 19 songs of the year, Sugar on the Bone and Shooting Stars would probably both be on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shooting Stars, um, I that song for me, I, I you know, I, I can't express how um, important that song was to me this year. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, rarely do you hear a song where you almost get like choked up. Yeah, and you, and this song makes you do that. I mean, and that's the mark. I mean. How how would I, how would I feel if I wrote a song knowing that it made somebody out there choke up, yeah. you know, and almost almost start crying? That's that's powerful. So I mean, that song that's my favorite song on the record. Oh yeah, me too. Um, and I think that you mentioned Goosebumps earlier, seeing them live. You get that. Oh, just yeah. listen to this on record, you know. Oh, and, and um, I don't know if I sent. It, I think I sent it to you. I think you sent it to you and Jason. There's a picture of there's excuse me. I think it's on their Instagram. There's a video of them rehearsing it with the choir. Okay. And it's just, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I, that they, they probably released, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, it's just jaw dropping them with the choir and, you know, and it's a small, it's like five people or some shit, but still just the emotion that came across that little fucking video it was like, well, I think I might, I might shed a tear here. I don't know. I mean, that's just how um, transcendent this band has become with this record, yeah, and what has turned them into. It's insane. It really is. Well, you I say that word a lot, but fuck, it is. Well, no, you mentioned Zeppelin, and you think of like Zeppelin has a million hits, but you think of like the ones that every human on earth knows, like Black Dog or yeah, or Stairway to Heaven. You think of like Aerosmith, Dream On. Hendrix, Purple Haze, you know, Rolling Stones, Start Me Up, or Honky Tonk Women. To me, Shooting Stars, 20 years, 30 years from now, should be in that same category. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that loosely. Like, it should be in the same category I as agree. every song I just mentioned. I agree. Start with a fucking heaven. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, that. that's, you know, that's, that's where we're at with this song. Yeah. Um, so, and then, of course... Uh, too bad. Too bad is great. That's kind of the one that ever, that's kind of getting a lot of the airplay and everyone's singing. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, and it's also that's a song I think everyone can relate to. Yeah, you know. So and to I mean, you mentioned it off the top about this album, but I mean this. I mean, we're we're here. Several what is their sixth album? Uh, don't get me okay. Uh, don't get me the line. <clears throat> this is or six. I, I apologize. This is my favorite album of theirs. Oh yeah, this is I mean, definitely just, yeah. Kind of like I said with Evergrey, it's like a band that just continually keeps putting out music that you can listen to every album at any time. But the mm-hmm. new music is just as great as whatever brought you to the show in the first place. You know? Yeah, I went a few weeks ago at work. I went straight three thousand percent nerd. And started their first record and listened all the way through. 
I think and, I remember. Yeah, you told me that. And and ended with feral roots. And I mean, it's all deadly. It's all amazing, but feral roots, man. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> it just it, it's it's tops top fucking shelf. Right. And it's like we've done this little rant like a few times over the past couple of years, but if you're one of those people that like, oh, Greta Van Fleet's the best thing I've heard in 10 years or whatever, 20 yeah. years, it's pull your head out of your ass yeah, and listen exactly. to this album. This makes Greta Van Fleet sound like fucking, you know, Star Set or Five Finger Death exactly. Punch. It's just Dude, like it makes them sound exactly. irrelevant. makes them sound irrelevant. It's like everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Rock's coming back and Greta Van Fleet, you know, you might not like them. They might be a Led Zeppelin clone, but at least they're, they're starting the, the, the rock thing going on again, and now all these other bands are, fuck off, right. fuck you. It's kind of like when Henry Rollins said, um, you two, or The Clash is what you two wish they could be. It's, you know, right. the Greta Van Fleet, is, Led Zeppelin is what Greta Van Fleet wish they could be, yeah. you know? And um, and, and that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. It all starts with Rival Sons. Yeah. It all starts with Rival Sons. There's no, there's no fucking, their heads and, their heads and shoulders, many, many, many heads and shoulders above any of that other shit. It starts with Rival Sons. Yeah. And you can, you can compare certain aspects. I think you do with Feral Roots with the title track to a band like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You can compare their stuff to other, you know, legendary artists from the seventies, but it never sounds it's just a comparative, like it kind of reminds you of that. Yeah. But they're their own thing. The trajectory and 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 the vibe of it, you know. It's like the same grand songs and all that shit. Yeah. And like, you know, well, like I just mentioned when they opened for Sabbath, you know, that thing just from like a month or two ago where they did the the two Sabbath songs at that Grammy announcement thing yeah. or whatever it was. Um, I don't even know what the show was. It was some weird thing that like no one in the crowd probably knew who the fuck they were. Yeah. Um, but they did what they did. Paranoid and what was the other song? Warpigs. Yeah, War Pigs. And like it sounded fucking like musically it sounded fucking perfect. Yeah. And then vocally it was amazing because like many people when they cover Ozzy, they try to like have that Ozzy sound. And like J.B. Cannon's like, no, I'm fucking J.B. Cannon. Yeah. And I'm going to sing these like J.B. Cannon. Well, it's still fucking perfect. He's probably, well, let's see, I'm fucking 18,000 times better than Ozzy is. So let me just <laughs> right. sing it like I sing it. Exactly. You know, and do the songs a goddamn favor. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Rival Sons. Number one. Yes. Feral Roots. So when you first heard that in 2019, you thought, did you think that was anything was going to be able to top it, even though you knew Life of Agony was coming later in the year and a few other bands. I, I thought I thought maybe Life of Agony. Um, but I, I knew, I was like, this is going to be hard to beat. And I really wrestled with that in Life of Agony. But man, this record really came along and connected with me this year. And I just, I can't, I can't deny it. <laughs> so I knew, I knew pretty much straight away this is going to be the one to beat, the one right. to top. Well, we talked about it earlier on, and you mentioned a couple episodes, you know, like this this list as a whole was leaned more hard rock than yes. it did metal, yeah. and in the past, we've had it the other way. There was that one year where the top six was all thrash except for Glenn Hughes. That was like, remember that? It was the year Metallica. Oh, Metallica, Megadeth. Anthrax, Anthrax yeah. Death Angel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Testament, I think. Yeah. All of those were in the top six, and then Glenn Hughes was like number three or something. 
but this year is the opposite. The top five, the only the top six, I guess you've got two metal bands. And then, you know, it might be like seven or eight metal albums on this whole list, and the other 12 or 13 are all just basically hard rock. Yeah, and pretty much. Hey, that's why we call this podcast Hard Rock and Metal. You know, it's like we love them both. That's exactly. where we came from on both. We That's where we got our start was with hard rock bands and then went to thrash and then everything from there. You know? Yeah, we're never going to shun it, ever. Right. Looking forward into 2020 real quick. I knew you, you were going to ask me that. You already mentioned Haunt. Haunt, yeah. As new album. I, I made a list. Okay, good. Because I'm trying to think of all But is there anything you can think of off the top of your head you know? Like, oh, I can't wait. Uh, like, we've mentioned Kirk Winstein a bunch of times. I, I'm that really album's coming that record. at the end of January. Yeah. Ah, um, uh, fuck. Man, I, I, I don't know. I put a question I know, mark. I know that I'm pretty sure we'll see a Megadeth record this year. Well, yeah, we know because they've already started. And making, so that's yeah. going to be cool. And... Hopefully an Anthrax record, but I don't know. That might go into 2021. I'm not sure. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I put a, I put, I wrote Anthrax with a question mark because I'm like, we haven't heard, but it's about time. Yeah. And I know they mentioned it recently, but nothing's been worked on that I know of. But in Megadeth, the same way, yeah. they're working on it. So you got to assume it's going to be in 2020. And barring some, you know, like, you know, slang or load. Uh, type, you know, risk <laughs> type left turn, it'll probably be pretty high up on my list. Yeah, I mean, no, is yeah, yeah, exactly. For All Kings was number one album of the year. It came out to us. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but albums in 2020 that we do know for sure are coming out is Ozzy. Yes. Which is here just in the next few weeks. And those two songs are really great, so I'm excited to see where that goes, even though we just kind of bagged on Ozzy a little bit. But <laughs> it was more just praise for J.B. Cannon, not really. Anyways, I've said too much. Go ahead. No, nah, but I know what you mean. Yes. And I think most people probably do as well. Seven Dust has a new one coming. Okay. We might That'll also see that LeJean Witherspoon solo album that yeah. he started working on last year. Who knows? Silverthorn has a new one coming, probably, because yeah. that's what Kenny Hickey said on our podcast. Not Silverthorn. Silver Tomb. A lot of silvers. Both of those have both of those Silverthorn and Silvertune have one coming in twenty twenty because that's what they said on our podcast. That's right, Brian Trishy right. and Kenny Hickey. Um, Dizzy Reed has solo album and a Hookers and Blow covers album coming. Fozzie has a new album coming. ACDC supposedly, supposedly yes, that's more than likely rumored. It's not definite, but it'll likely happen. Same thing Iron Maiden. Suppos- yes. Supposedly, they're kind of... Like, supposedly, they're like already wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. Could, so, you know, so we could see that one springtime. Yeah, that would be badass. Foo Fighters have a new one coming next year. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of heavy hitters here with new albums coming out. Rob Zombie will have a new one. Lamb of God. The Scorpions. Body Count. Yeah, Body Count. That <clears throat> so, like, they've already released a single, and it's great. Have you heard that new Body Count song? No, I haven't. I saw yeah. where that... I need I need to go listen to that. Sepultura as well. They have a new single out, and it's great. That album should be in the next couple months. Devil Driver. Avatar. Code Orange. Nels. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. 
Demons and Wizards will have their first album in fucking 15 years. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, that'll be great. Or we assume it'll be great. (laughs) King Diamond will finally have a new one. There you go. Mastodon. Hatebreed. Which can never go wrong with new Hatebreed. Yeah, that'll be good. Gojira. I imagine that will be fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be badass. Mick Mars supposedly has said in a recent interview that that'll finally be out his solo album. And that'll feature, at least, we know at least two songs with Karabin. Yeah, right. Uh, Nightwish, Sons of Apollo, STP has a new album coming out in, I think, February or March. Yeah, that's like an acoustic thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Testament has announced their album's coming nice, out. Nice. That'll nice. be amazing. Lynch Mob will have a new one soon. Clint Lowry's solo album. He's already got a couple singles out you can check out. Clint Lowry from Seven Dust. Corey Taylor will have his first solo album out. And I guess that's it. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff we're missing. But oh, yes. And stuff will be happening all year. Yeah. But yeah, so there you go. 2019 as a whole, I think, is another. I mean, I think ever since we've been doing this, we say this every year, it's a strong year for music. And it's like, yeah. it's never going to be. You're, we're not saying that in a sense of like, it's a strong year for like music, like sales wise or like um, yeah. the mainstream wise. Yeah. like. But not, for not a single one of these, I don't think a single one of these albums we mentioned in our top 19 or our even eight honorable mentions, a single one of them had a mainstream hit probably, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, another <laughs> thing that's coming out this year um, that I'm really excited about, uh, Night Demon, they've recorded at Sweet Silent Studios where Metallica recorded. That's right. And uh, recently they, they showed them in the studio with... Matt and Lars from Rancid right. laying down background vocals with them. How like fucking rad is that? Like how insane. It's like my two like two favorite worlds coming together right. and like being and just broing down. I fucking love it, dude. And it's just like something you never even expect to hear, like Rancid and Night yeah. Demon. It's like yeah. how how does that go together? But I'm sure yeah. it'll be fucking magical. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have them on the podcast again in twenty twenty. Because I'm all positive about that shit. I'm like, look, Armand, I know you've got Lars's number in your phone. Just get him on the phone right now. I just want to tell him he's my second favorite Lars in the whole world. <laughs> right. And, and only because I'm such a gigantic Metallica freak. But anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah, other than that, he'd be my first. Yeah. Which, speaking of Lars, he was recently on the new... Rob Flynn podcast. Yes. And no fucking great. regrets. That was so good. Yeah. It's actually like the interview is actually, I think from like almost a year ago, but yeah. Rob just finally put his podcast together. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's not like a time sensitive thing. It was just them talking about music and growing up and shit. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So Machine Head might be another one. We see a new album from. Yes. 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 It's, it'll have been. It's over. It's two years now since the last one. Cause the last one came out in January of 2018. So. Yeah, there you go. Anything else to think of to throw out there? I mean, for 2019 before we close the door on another year? I think that's it. Yeah. Michael Monroe, should you should know who the fuck he is. That's right. You forgot that's what right. Jason said. And how are you coming on the Thunder Underground Melon Ballers? Oh, yeah, that's a 2020 thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hold you to it. God damn it. <laughs> Yep, that's a that's definitely a thing. So if you're listening to this and you work for a company that makes melon ballers <laughs> and want to make some uh, Thunder Underground exclusives, you know, like uh, 
you know, like Kerry King is now with BC Rich, right? He's yeah. with Dean. I mean, he Dean. Yeah, sorry, he's now with Dean. So it's like we could be like your Kerry King, right? You know, the yeah. underground promotes your melon ballers. You could put us in that picture of the you know melon baller monthly magazine by holding them. You know, all that kind of shit. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Maybe you. I, I don't need to be in any print ads. <laughs> All right. So one final question to wrap up 2019. Can This is this is hard to do because there's always shit you forget, but can you think of a favorite guest we had? Because I didn't even, I didn't even think of this ahead from, you know, myself, so I'm not going to one up you about that, but. <laughs> um, definitely Alan Robert, I think. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm such a, all, all the, you know, my faves that that we were lucky enough to have on, Damon Johnson. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed, um, uh, not, that, not that I don't like doing interviews with you, Trent, but I really enjoyed um, the different stuff that happened and me doing Don Jameson, interviewing him by myself, and then me and JP hanging out with Night Demon. Right. Um, that was, that was, that one's way up there. That was just a fun time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure if I went back through the list, like, oh, that guy, that guy, that guy, but I can't think anything right now. <laughs> Alan Robert, though, definitely, you know, that was pretty, that was a pretty important one for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, like you mentioned, doing it by ourselves thing, I did Vivian Campbell by myself, and that was pretty, Pretty amazing because that's not something I really thought. You know, hey, we've got someone from Def Leppard on here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come but on. Like you that's mentioned, nuts. Alan Robert from Life of Agony, Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative. Oh yeah, for sure. Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses, Vivian Campbell from Def Leppard. I mean, there's four bands that if you told me twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, that you know we'd be having thirty minute conversations with any of these guys, I would right. be like, yeah, right. Yeah, and exactly. so it's a pretty amazing. <laughs> and then even you know like. We had on Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder, and that one was really cool. That was the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It's a band that, like, neither one of us have ever followed too closely, and he was just, like, it was just cool as hell. Yeah, it? it was super fun, yeah. and the guy was awesome. And then um, Ghoul. Yeah, that same, was fucking great. That yeah, the same fun. time, yeah. Yeah. And that's another band that you need to really just, like, yeah. check out if you're not familiar with oh, Ghoul. Oh, definitely. Just look up some videos. And again, he let us live. That's right. <laughs> you'll probably see new music from one of those bands next year as well. Yeah. All right. So if this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. All those episodes we just mentioned, go back and check them out. We've got previous episodes with guys from Hate Breed. We had Matt Byrne. Was that this year? That was last year, wasn't it? And we had on guys from, let me see, War. Um, Clutch. Yeah, two different guys from Clutch. We yeah, also that, had on those would, Neil Fallon, Fallon would, I mean, that would go in there too, man. Yeah. Mike D from Kill Switch was also this year. Yes. We've also had on Gene Simmons in the past from Kiss, Bruce Kulik. We've had on John Connolly from Seven Dust. A lot of the 80s bands like Warrant, Tesla, Dokken, Firehouse, Europe, Lillian Axe, Kicks, Junkyard, LA Guns, and... Moonlight in your motherfucking blood, yo. That is right. (laughs) Love that song so much. So, check that one out if you are 24 years late to the party. (laughs) You can find all this stuff on EthanUnderground.com. 
Our website also features reviews. You can also find all the social medias there. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube is at The Thunder Underground. We've got a bunch of videos on there with reviews. Some of the podcasts as well. So subscribe there. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Tuner, Stitchin, Mixcloud. All that great stuff as well. Thanks again to MedFarm and DEB Concerts for another great year of sponsorship. And we will talk to you in 2020. Thunder Underground, y'all.